Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. Might as well get it out the way. It's in the news every day. O.J. Simpson. Now, you can have your opinion of whether you think he did it or not. Most people have formed one already. You may not agree with what I'm about to say, but damn it, I think he did it. I think O.J. killed everybody in that goddamn driveway. Tried to kill that dog, too. Dog had blood on his ass. He was just too quick for OJ's ass. <laughs> so I'll tell you a couple things that make me think he did it. First of all, like my daddy always say, stick to what you do. You a football player? Hell, play football. If you don't know how to commit murder, damn it, don't do it. <laughs> Stay your ass at the house. What you out there trying killing people for if you ain't good at it? Plus his old ignorant ass and got evidence popping up everywhere. Somebody say they found a Heisman Trophy in the bushes. Because, <laughs> see, I am not of the thinking that the media got us going at, trying to turn it into a racial issue. This ain't about race. This is about somebody that killed somebody else. And I don't care what color he is. If he killed somebody, he got to go. I don't give a damn if he do play football. And I ain't backing nobody just cause you black. If you done killed somebody, blue, black, green, yellow, your ass got to go. I'm telling you that right now. And, and, and the media done got all of black America in an uproar about it being a race issue. This ain't race. You understand me? OJ ain't been black since he won that Heisman Trophy. So now, I ain't picketing for no damn body. I ain't getting out there carrying no sign. Kiss my ass, I tell you that right now. Oh, I might go down there and picket, but you ain't gonna like what's on my sign. Cause I'm gonna have fuck OJ on both sides. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Wednesday, February 24, 2021. So I have been told uh, the audio we heard at the beginning. Steve Harvey. We played him last this summer when we... Uh, 
had Dr. Tyler Perry suspected racist on the program. We were talking about uh, white dog. Uh, we had Steve Harvey's commentary on uh, Michael Vick's conviction and the dogs and all that. Steve Harvey again on the cows talking about Orenthal James Simpson. I'm so excited. We are concluding Jeffrey Tubin's the run of his life. The people versus OJ Simpson uh, tomorrow, Thursday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The verdict, the reaction, all of it. We will chat it up. Dumb black jurors. Uh, we'll discuss it all tomorrow. Final thoughts, the book, people who've been watching the trial and researching everything. I thought that clip was interesting because I started all this and I heard uh, Steve Harvey do an interview with Cuba Gooding Jr., where he was saying, of course, OJ, and this was re- this was around the time the uh, FX series came out, so somewhere in 2016. And he said, of course, OJ killed everyone in the yard and blah, 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 and all this. And so the audio that we just heard, that's from shortly after the murders. You know, that's somewhere around 97, 98, when this was still pretty, pretty fresh. Everyone was still kind of talking about it. And, you know, he had that opinion. I don't know. Uh, It seems like a lot of people have made a lot of money uh, and lots of jokes about OJ Simpson being a killer for a very long time. Again, the question that I asked way back months ago when we started reading Tubin's work, what if we live in a world where OJ Simpson did not commit these crimes That's what it's been for 25 years. Okay. And to the notion that black people are racist and hmm. Hmm. Anyway, that's tomorrow. Looking forward to that too. The broadcast for today, you can share if you're on social media and all that, you can use it for something constructive. Uh, Let folks know that we are on Live, the context of white supremacy in the month of black history, our 12 year anniversary of returning to the air a dozen years. Um, I do not say that it's been 12 years of constructive uh, constructive work because it may not have been. The problem has not been solved. So at minimum in 12 years, we have still failed in our effort. Our goal stated 2009 to solve the problem we haven't done it yet all of that said we do have a record of what we have done uh, over those 12 years in trying to share accurate information about what white supremacy racism is how it works what it means to be white and things that non-white people can and should be doing to try to solve this problem as soon as possible one of the things that I hope we have emphasized over our 12 year history is that words are very important. That's one of the things that I recognized early on when I really, and I had read many books about racism and taken classes about racism, gone to meetings and had casual conversations and serious conversations about this problem over the years, but had not really invested much thought in let me really investigate the words and definitions that people use when they talk about racism. I didn't even have a definition for racism for many, many years. Didn't pay attention. Didn't ask other people. What's your definition? 
of racism. You know, what do you mean when you use this term? All of these things are basics. Uh, if you're going to be serious about any uh, science topic uh, of investigation and frequently with racism, uh, we just throw words around. We're encouraged. We non-white people, victims of racism, we're encouraged uh, to just be very reckless, very mindless uh, about what terms we use. Just use the terms that other people use, that white people use, use them without a definition or even a thought as to why am I using this term? Is this the best term to articulate my thoughts and views on whatever problem it is, if it's racism or whatever else I'm trying to articulate, is this the best word to express my views or could there be a better word or have I defined this word? Am I just saying it because this is what people say? Uh, The term non-white, it never really struck me as, you know, a big deal. I think sometimes when people hear terms like race soldier, things of that nature, even terms like white supremacy, that's a big deal. You're like, Ooh, I just came to talk about, you know, a little bit of privilege or racism or prejudice. You know, I didn't come to talk about white supremacy. Like, wow, that's, you know, I've seen that response. I've seen a uh, race soldier like, whoa, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call somebody a suspected race soldier. Like I've seen that non-white didn't strike me as one of those terms that, you know, would really bother people. Just we've got white people and we've got people who are not white. We're just being clear about that and trying to minimize confusion. And so we don't have to spend 50 days coming up with all the different categories and all the rest of it. Like it just didn't strike me as something that would be conflict, uh, a point of conflict. You know, if you said non-white, what do you mean non-white? I go to Neely Fuller Jr.'s word guide. Uh, He was one of the first folks that I heard. He, Dr. Welsing, uh, using the term non-white, not people of color or person of color, some of the other uh, niggardly terms that they have minorities and marginalized groups have all kinds of these little niggardly terms. Incidentally, I think non-white, uh, I mean, if it's going to be marginalized persons, I would, or minorities, I would much rather have non-white over any of those, but be that as it may, uh, the word guide, you can obtain a copy producejustice.com producejustice.com the term non-white he writes it as or defines it as non-white person use this term to apply to any person who is classified who is not classified as white and who is not treated as white by those persons who are classified as white or by those persons who generally function as white and who are accepted as white and or by white supremacists during the existence of white supremacy. Notes during the existence of white supremacy racism and according to compensatory counter racist logic, the three so-called racial classifications and counter racist classifications that apply to the people of the known universe are white, non-white, white supremacists. He explains all those. I'm skipping down just a little bit. The term non-white people is generally used or considered one, a catch all term maliciously used by white people, white supremacists to identify all people who are not classified as white and or who are not to be permitted to generally function as white 
in any one or more areas of activity. 2. Any people classified by white people as black, brown, red, yellow, tan, and or non-white who are regarded as or treated as such and or subjected because of factors associated with such classification. 3. Any people who are generally or specifically considered not to be white by those people who consider themselves to be white and who practice white supremacy on the basis of that consideration. Explanation, the people of the known universe who call themselves white call all other people non-white. Since the non-white classification is not the opposite of the white classification, the two terms are therefore not of equal value. The classification that is the opposite of the white classification is the classification black. Black people are black people. White people are white people. White people are also people who are non-black. Black people are also people who are non-white. Brown, red, tan, and yellow people are shades of black people. That is uh, in the United Independent Compensatory Code System Concept Word Guide uh, from Mr. Neely Fuller Jr. You can check it out. Get more information on terms, concepts, uh, and why the words we use are so important. Now, again, all of this is around the word non-white. We've been I've been using the term non-white uh, for a dozen years now. Now, just last week, we had Kim Heller, suspected racist, on the program in South Africa, and she admonished Gus T repeatedly. Non-white. Wow, that's jarring. I don't know. We don't use that term over here. We haven't used it in a long time. That's crazy. We even had a caller who dialed in and asked her a question. Well, what, what should we use in its place? And I said during the broadcast, I said, man, you sound exactly like Jane Elliott. Have you read her work? Yep. Yep. I've read her work. Of course. And I said that you, Jane Elliott was here with us way back in 2010, 11 years ago. And she said the exact same thing. We have been here for a dozen years. I'm pretty sure that most of the folks who are listening right now, Black History Month 2021, were not listening 12 years ago when all of this began. So we will go back. First off, we will have Kim Heller so that people can hear what she said. White woman in South Africa, her commentary about the term non-white. And we'll even hear we had a caller who dialed in compensatory what do you do you say this is wrong what should we do question lane we'll hear her explain what she thinks would be a better term to use from there we will pivot back 11 years we'll go all the way back and this is actually a double dip so we're going back two times january of 2010 and i guess if i could stand by my work have some black pride uh Man, we are double dipping for Jane Elliott. So Jane Elliott has been on the program repeatedly, more than twice even. And the first two times she was on the program, we had her on the program on a Sunday in January 2010. We talked about a number of things, the term non-white, which you'll hear. And I said at the time, like, man, that is an act of racism. You hear the exchange. I said, that's an act of racism. What she did. We should get her back on the program 
uh, to state that explicitly uh, a white person behaving in this manner. This is a direct act of race. This is not unconscious and all the rest of it. Got her back the very next day. And it's buried. What I mean when I say buried, we had two guests on the program the following day. Guest number one was Dave Zirin. He gets all this attention and accolades. He's treated way better than Gusty Renegade uh, for writing books about black people. Uh, Dr. John Carlos and Tommy Smith. He's a verified expert on white supremacy, racism. He got invited to do lots of talks when Muhammad Ali passed away uh, regarded. Oh, wow. This is a, a great fella, not a radical militant great fella who who writes and has lots of great history about racism and black athletes. He was on the program. We talked about his book and then he left and we had Jane Elliott come on the program and we discussed her in my view, deliberate act of white supremacy in telling me you are not going to use the word non-white. And in fact, if you use it, I'm not going to answer your questions or converse with you, even though this is even your program but forget that I'm here white woman admitted racist and I'm going to tell you what words to come out of your mouth the audacity so we'll hear all of that together so you can put that in a correct context right and then we'll move forward because this has come up repeatedly over the years the word non-white to hear what some other people have to say about this term even some other non-white people who say hey this is a lame term to use. Incidentally, we had some non-white people, victims of white supremacy in South Africa, who heard the exchange with Kim Heller, who wrote on my uh, social media, Twitter, at Until Justice, wrote, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just an ignorant American. You don't know anything. White media sources. You don't know about the racial dynamics in South Africa. And he put up a sign that had uh, non-whites area. So see, you don't even know what you're talking about. I said the same thing I said last week. I know who put that sign up. Same people who put those type of signs up in this part of the world who are classified as white. That is the problem. But before we get to our clip, man, I said we've been here 12 years. We talked a lot about terms and what have you. We talked to a whole lot of folks in South Africa. It's been lots of problems. The Rona racists, all kinds of things, trying to get my SoundCloud account correct they have been no help at customer service at all that's been widespread but once it's corrected i'm going to go through and either upload or just repost the litany of guests that we've had from south africa white non-white sylvia volenhoven rihad desai uh non-white non-black people same definition we've talked lots about i mean dozens we've had lots of people who came on the program back when Mandiba passed like I was appalled for someone to open their mouth anywhere in the world (laughs) you've not talked to anybody in South Africa you don't know anything about the dynamics here please please 12 years a slave context of white supremacy we will get to Kim Heller Jane Elliott chastising Gus T. Renegade over the use of the term non-white listen to all of the chuckles guffaws in the responses as though something is funny about all of this audio segment number one kim heller and jane elliott visiting the cows and you know i just want to make a point actually that you raised and listening to the insert at the very beginning of your program you know 
I mean, I find the term non-white very interesting, um, and perhaps that's that's up for debate because it's almost negating um, African and black people, and it's always quite jarring for me. Have you, Miss Heller? Have you? Uh, at any point engaged in any sort of sexual activity with a non-white person? <laughs> Actually, that's a, that's a ridiculous question. And once again, I, I just don't understand why you're phrasing um, things as a non-white. Um, you know, as non-white, I, I, I find that very, very bizarre, you know, as if your identity is, is defined of whiteness, you know. I mean, that term hasn't been used in South Africa for for many decades. So I find that very peculiar. Um, and of course, you know, the answer is, is no. I mean, that is just, I find a very disturbing question. But I mean, the, you know, sexual infiltration and rape has been used as a weapon of power across the country and, 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 and across the, the world uh, in war situations. And, uh, I mean, we are in a war situation every day. Um, black people in this country are in a war situation every day against, po against poverty. I mean, we have millions of people who go to sleep without eating. Poverty is at its worst in South Africa. So it's a war. And the terrorism continues. And in this case, it's economic terrorism um, off the back of white, white power. And... Every, every possible weapon and strategy has been used um, to, to, undermine white, uh, to undermine black people. But I think what you're not asking me, which is interesting, is that why, is, why are these patterns of deep white power continuing under a black government? And we should not shy away from that. There are black people who are complicit in upholding whiteness. And that has been... That has happened throughout history. And those people are no better than the white masters, in my view. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's what I would expect uh, a white person who practices racism, white supremacy. See how the person, the blame, somehow culpability continues to come back to individuals who are not white black people who are corrupt politicians or what have you, they are on equal footing with Dr. Basson, individuals who practice racism, white supremacy. Fascinating. Oh, about non-white. Are you familiar with, uh, the, I wouldn't even know. What is she? Uh, speaker, I guess, uh, Jane Elliott. She's a white woman in the States. Are you familiar with her? Yes. I think I have read some of her, her writings. Okay. She's been a guest on the program a number of times as well, admitted racist. Um, she also was disturbed. But, you know, well, hang you on, hang on, hang on. She, I mean, she admitted to being a racist on the program. Not sure what's funny about that. Um, yeah. She also had a problem with the term non-white, me using it. It all apparently disturbed her. Uh, and in fact, she got to a point where she wouldn't even answer my questions uh, when I used the term, which I, I found that disturbing. Like what in the world? Like uh, at any rate, you all, everyone in South Africa is not classified as white or black. Is that correct? There is another population of people there. Is that accurate? 
Yes, it is. But I mean, I think the the term non non white uh, has would bring a lot of pain if that's how Africans were referred to. I mean, I think it's very insulting and derogatory. And I'm not sure what the philosophy behind that is. I even noticed in your when I was reading about your station, I just found that quite jarring. Uh, our caller at nine zero two nine nine zero two nine. Did you have a question? For Ms. Heller, you should be with us. Uh, greetings, Gus, and greetings, callers and uh, listeners. Uh, and greetings, Ms. Heller. Um, one of my questions is, what is the, the issue you have with the term non-white? What exactly is it that makes you feel as if it's uh, some, I think you stated the word derogatory or offensive? Um I'm trying to figure out because I, I didn't, I wasn't really clear as to what was the issue you had with the terminology. And if you have an issue with it, do, do you have another term that would or should be used instead? And I'll, I'll mute my line for that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that question. And if I haven't clarified myself properly, I think that why would an individual want to be described as something that they're not? So non-white, it's as if, being white is the ultimate identity and you are simply saying you're describing yourself on that. I mean, in South Africa, in progressive circles, the talk would be non-black. So it's an exact reverse of that. And I think ideologically that is far more sober than an analysis where you're describing yourself in reference to a, an oppressor group. I, I, I don't, to me, I, I don't understand that at all, and I find it problematic. Uh, let me, can, so if white people are, quote-unquote, the supreme as far as power goes, they tend to actually do the naming of who's who and what's what, meaningly if somebody is classified as black or somebody may be actually come from black heritage or black parents, but may altogether be viewed by a non-white person as white. And in the States, I don't know how it is in South Africa, most white people determine most people's quote-unquote ethnicity. Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense to you or if you have any more questions in regards to that. But I think it's something you should look into as far as the power dynamic. Question lane, question lane, question oh, lane. Correct, Cor- correct, correct. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm wondering, is that something that makes sense to you, what I just reiterated there? Yes, you say, you say it perfectly, because you're saying that you, the people who define these classifications are white. That my question is, why would you want to adhere to that, rather than change the paradigm to exactly the opposite? So again, so what terminology uh, for the second question, what terminology would you say would be sufficient instead? Well, I think there should be blacks and non-blacks. To me, that's taking ownership of, of the political identity and not being defined by people who turned black people into slaves and you continue today to oppress, oppress you, but yet you, you're accepting a terminology defined by your oppressor. It doesn't make sense to me. Certainly in South Africa, that would be extremely problematic and extremely derogatory. So what about groups of people that are classified as, as non-black? What, what would their terminology be then? 
Well, they would probably reject that. I mean, whites in South Africa would be horrified to be referred to as non-blacks, but that's exactly how I think they should be referred to because we're giving primacy to blackness. To me, you're giving primacy to whiteness in terms of the terminology you use. But perhaps, you know, I don't understand your context and you don't understand the context here. Perhaps there are different dynamics at play, but certainly no. that work. Yeah, carry on. No, I was saying, I, I, I do think I, I understand your context. I, I think that I'm, I'm not sure that we're we're on the same page, though. I, I definitely don't think that um, I definitely don't know how that would translate when it comes to people that will be classified as Asian and such forth. So that's a that's a definite question to probably ponder um, another time. But um, again, I'll, I thank you for your time. I uh, appreciate you answering the questions and um, I'll mute my line. Thank you. White girl going through my mind. Sarah Jack and Julie Tweet. White girl Julie Jack and Sharon. Help me on. The more I see, the more I do. When when I spoke, <coughs> excuse me. Um, when I spoke with you uh, just before the program, um, I referenced myself, and I would be referencing the, the uh, people in Uganda. I would be referencing them as non-white as well. Um, you said that you did not think that was an or I, I won't even try and paraphrase. Can you share with our listeners your thoughts on my use of the term non-white? Well, you didn't call yourself non-female. Right. See, if you don't call yourself non-female, then why would you call yourself non-white? You are identifying yourself by comparing yourself to the power group. That gives the power group more power. I don't think that's a good idea. What? You said it was comparing yourself to the power group? Yes, you are. You are are contrasting or comparing either one yourself to the power group. That, That is admitting that that's where the power is and that you have no identity other than as you are compared to the group in power. I think that's a bad idea. I think that you don't... You're, if you're non-white, you are also non-Asian. Are you non-Asian, maybe? You don't have to be, but are you? Uh, that would be an accurate statement. I've, yeah, I've so if that. you are non-Asian, why don't you call yourself non-Asian? Because that isn't an important group to you. They ought to be, but they aren't. But they aren't the power group in this country. The thing that probably is the most, I, I am, if you have a right to identify yourself as you choose to. And people of color fought long and hard to get that right. To be allowed to call themselves black, for heaven's sake, took years. And mm-hmm. now that they have that, we are now encouraging them to take on another title. But a title that is all about how you how you are contrasted to white people. I think it's unfortunate that a group of people of color are going to choose that, but they have the right to do that. But then they'll have to live with the consequences of that. And I think that's what I, I would I would not, I would think there's a better way. You see, I'm if we're going to do that, then I am non-colored. I would have to call myself non-male. I would have to call myself non-thin, non-tall, non-young. And those are all negatives. You're identifying yourself with a negative. I hate to see that happen. 
You said. Does that uh, make sense to you? Is what I'm saying make sense to you? I, it is very lucid. It makes logical sense what you're saying. I just wanted to make sure I heard you correctly. You said that um, the black people in this particular area of the world are being, uh, I guess, encouraged to pick up a new title. Uh, do you think that uh, black people are being encouraged to pick up the term non-white, or is it another term they're being encouraged to pick up now as opposed to black? I don't know who has come up with that term, but Which terms term? terms lose their terms become insults because they have been used in an insulting way, oftentimes, and then the people who against about whom those terms are being used have to change the terms in order to stop taking the insult or the perceived insult. And that's the reason a lot of these, you know, we used to, blacks used to be called a whole lot of other different names. And a group of people of color got together, Asians, Pacific Islanders, Native Americans, Chicanos, Latinos, um, a group of people got together and said, we are tired of being called colored. And that's how they came up with people of color. Now, I have a feeling that what's happening now is they're tired of being called people of color. So we're going to come up with a new term. I hope they can come up with a better term than non-white. I have a problem with it, but that's, you have the right to, and all people of color have the right to decide what their group wants to be called. That's not up to white people. We have done that. White people have taken that on from them, for themselves long enough. So whatever you want to be called, that's up to you. But then you live with that that term, and I think you're going to see a, in a very short time that non-white becomes a pejorative. Hmm. Somebody will fix that for you. Okay. Well, I, I have heard that position before, uh, both from non-white people and white people, who said that they um, they pretty much expressed um, the same argument that you laid out in terms of the logic of why you don't think that is uh, a correct term to use. Uh, it would not be uh, in the benefit, best interest uh, of non-white people to use that term. Thank um, you very I'm, much. You just made oh. my day. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. Yeah, yeah you are most, one of the most trying men I've ever talked to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep trying me. Try my patience. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad that somebody else doesn't like that term because I find that um, I find that very plantation, quite frankly. Plant. What, what do you mean when you say plantation? It sounds like uh, Big Daddy is telling what you what you ought to be called, and if anybody's going to do that, it ought to be Big Mama, right? Hmm. I mean, you know, that's hmm. that's what it sounds like to me, and I really, I really don't. I have a I have a problem with that term. Lots of people I suspect wouldn't. I would. Hmm. That's interesting. I um as I I've heard this before. There was uh, a non-white male, black male on the program uh, in November, Dr. Robert L. Williams. Uh, he pretty much articulated the same sentiment that you are uh, sharing with us today, uh, and several other folks that I've spoken with about this matter. Um, actually, you you are the first white person. Uh, who has uh, expressed uh, these feelings about the term non-white, but I have encountered other non-white people who have shared your exact same line of reasoning. 
Uh, well, most white I, people would find that the the majority. And I'm I'm going to make a broad blanket statement here, but okay. most white people would see nothing wrong with that because after all, that's what you are, isn't it? And that way, they don't have to identify. They don't have to say, well, um, just exactly what does that mean? They can just call you non-white, and isn't that too bad? This is person. not a non-white person. This is a person of color. Now, when it's your show, you can use non-white. But when I'm on it, I want you to use person of color. That uh, you being a white person, this could be racism, white supremacy, where you're dictating what a victim of racism is supposed to say. No, no. What this is is I am attempting to let members of your audience know that if you can continue to use that term, people are going to start using it on you, and you aren't going to like it. And you're going to complain about it. White people are going to start using it? Yep. And you're not going to like it when they use it. It is not going to sound as as, um, non-offensive when a white person says to you, well, you're a non-white person. Now think about that. You're a non-white person. Mm -hmm. That's that's like saying, I don't dislike black people. I just think when I see one, I just think there, but for the grace of God, go I. You're going to find out that non-white is going to be used in a, in a most unpleasant way by white people. I wouldn't use it if I were you. But you, as I said before, you're welcome to use it, just not if you want me to respond to your questions. Okay. We have okay. A, uh, a young person. Uh, this is a person of color, as you say. My term okay. is still be non-white. This is a non-old person of, person of color. Okay. We were uh, talking yesterday, and you shared uh, your view that you did not feel um, the term non-white. You didn't feel that that would be constructive uh, to use that particular term, and you felt uh, that white people could use that term, could turn it around and use it to mistreat uh, individuals who are classified as non-white, to to mistreat them, uh, and that you didn't think it would be useful in working against racism. Um, Have I accurately uh, captured your view on that? I think it's counterproductive. Counterproductive. Okay. Um, I wanted to share, I guess. Let, let me tell you. Let, let me tell you my main complaint about that. Okay. Non-white leaves out people. When you say persons of color, when you mm-hmm. say people of color, you're talking about people. When you say non-white, it reminds me of you never put the whites with the non-whites in the laundry. It takes away the human element. And white people have been trying to do that, and fairly successfully, with some, in some cases, to persons of color for a very long time. <clears throat> they have indicated that they thought they were less than human, and they haven't been casual about it or kind about it or um, a, a bit oblique. They have come right out and said, and that's happened to me in the last three weeks. People have made that kind of remark to me. So when somebody uses a term that increases the chances of that happening, and the person who is using that term is a person of color, mm. it bothers me a lot because it is it is cooperating with the oppressor. In my estimation, you don't have, as I've said before, you don't have to agree with me. Mm. But I think it's I, and another reason. When I do the blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise now, we have browns and non-browns. Browns are good, superior. Non-browns 
can't get right because they are none. And halfway through the exercise, almost inevitably, the Browns start calling the non-Browns nannies. <laughs> yeah, and they become object. They objectivize them. Mm. And it it is like watching society in action. Words have consequences. Words have power. The things you allow people to call you are the things they will call you, and eventually those words will come back to haunt you because they will... We white people, most of us, know exactly how to turn the screw on other people. And we don't hesitate to do it for the most part. But we do deny that we're doing it. We're good at that, too. (laughs) And the thing, I agree with uh, most of what you just said. I I completely agree with that, Uh, in particular the importance of words, which is why I felt it it was just really important to uh, to continue the dialogue, and I'm thankful you were able to share some more of your time with us. Um, the thing is, uh, as a victim of racism, white supremacy, uh, so-called black person, non-white individual, person of color, um, my view, I would be absolutely thrilled if white people began calling so-called people of color nannies and non-whites. I would be thrilled if they began putting up signs saying, this no non-whites allowed, or this is the non-white area, this is the non-white restaurant, I would be thrilled because it would make things crystal clear in terms of what is happening and why people are being mistreated. I feel that the individuals who are not white, a great part of the problem is confusion about what racism, white supremacy is, and how it works. And if white people were coming out explicitly and saying, hey, Non-white person, get over there. You all are nannies. These are the non-white. This is the non-white section. What are you doing here? This is for non-white people. It would be great. It would really erode a lot of confusion. I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. Do you really think they aren't already doing that? No. What I see is exactly what you said when we spoke before we were on the program about Mr. Harry Reid. You can't speak honestly about racism. That's what I see now where it's, hey, we're colorblind. We don't see skin color. Every, we're all the same. We're all just people. We, I don't even see that you're a, a black person or an, an Asian person or a white person. I don't even see that. That's the trend that I see with how racism and white supremacy is operating now. So I think it would work against that if people would just be, say what Harry Reid said. Hey, he's a Negro. He's a light-complexion Negro. He doesn't sound like the stereotypical Negroes that I think of, and that's why he won the president. I would love it if white people were doing that, honestly. I think it would be great to working against racism because more non-white people would be informed, and you wouldn't have non-white people who think, hey, we got President Obama, racism is dead. (laughs) But allowing people to call them non-whites isn't going to make that happen. If all we're doing, all we're doing by using non-whites is replacing some really ugly terms with the word not with the term non-white. That doesn't keep them from doing those things. That doesn't. It won't prevent their saying and doing ugly things on the playground, or on, it, it won't keep them from people like that teacher from saying. I didn't. I was shocked. I didn't realize that they were pink, just like me, under the skin. 
Mm-hmm. That will not prevent that. It, it, using the term non-white is, in my opinion, going to make the problem worse instead of better because it allows us to once again put a label on people of color that gives the, that makes them compare themselves to white people. You exist only as you are compared to white people if you are called non-white. Is that true? In a system I, of white supremacy, is that true, though? Yeah, I, oh, I think that is true. I think that we, we allow people labels as long as those labels support the myth that you exist, you have importance only as you are compared to us. I, I, maybe I'm mis, misreading the whole situation. I don't think I am. Mm. I, I hope I am. I hope I am. I hope that people take the term non-white and say, oh, this is wonderful. Now we don't have to talk about color. We can just talk about white or not white. And we don't have to make any distinctions. You're either white or you're not white. Mm. But that isn't the way it is. There are there are all those differences that we have the... We ought to be glad for all those differences. We ought to be glad to recognize them. We ought to be glad to claim them. We ought to be allowed to claim them. We ought not to have to be either, either or, either you're white or you're not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have obviously I have a real problem with this, but it's but it's, does, it doesn't have to be your problem. It's okay. a problem I have to deal with. And if I, if I you know if. If it it would offend you for me to call you a person of color, Mm -hmm. then in order not to offend you, I won't call you a person of color. But I guarantee you that I would have a lot of difficulty calling you a non-white because that Mm -hmm. makes you a because that to me, and I saw that in a in an editorial or something today, and I thought, oh my God, it's going to become the accepted term. You saw non-white. Yeah, and I'm going to have to start to use something that really offends me. And then I realize, well, people of color have been offended by things you've said all your life. Get used to it. And now it's your turn. But I'll have a, I would, I would, I could not, if I were teaching today in an integrated situation, I would have a lot of trouble referring to my students of color as mm. non-white. Mm. Okay. I guess that's a, that's a label I can't. Hey, if that's the label you want to be in common usage, then I would have to. I'd have to do it, but it would be really, really difficult. Hmm. I guess. Well, I guess number one, I, I definitely want to make clear. Um, in my view, the most accurate term uh, for individuals who are not white, as long as the system of racism, white supremacy exists would be victim of white supremacy. I think that would be the best term to use, and I try to use that term as consistently and often as I can. Well, I, I think we're all victims of this of this uh, process. Mm-hmm. I think we are all being victimized hideously by racism. Racism limits your friendships, limits your experiential background, forces you into a mold that one should never have been forced into, forces you to see things in ways that 
are totally unreal, unrealistic, and immoral. So we're all victims of racism. But the problem with making that statement is now whites will be able to say, well, Jane Elliott says we're victims too. What about us? But I don't mean that we're victims in that we are mistreated by racism. I mean we are victims in that we aren't allowed to think like people who aren't racist. And if we do think that way, we aren't allowed to say it. Hmm. Okay. I, I want to address that as well, but um, I also wanted to point out, because you said that uh, protection, if, if we're using the term non-white, that will not stop white people from practicing racism, white supremacy, and mistreating individuals because they are not white. I 100% agree with that. I don't use that term uh, or any term as protection against mistreatment. Again, I use it because exactly the question that I asked you, does the system of white supremacy mean that if you are not white, you will be compared, contrasted to white people and mistreated on that basis? And you said, yes, that's what it means. I agree, and I think it would be best for non-white people to work against racism by using terms that accurately capture what racism, white supremacy means and how it works. I think that's something that we really have, non-white people, we really haven't done, get an accurate understanding and use terms that really articulate to the best of our ability how this system works. But I, I don't think that that term does that. But you that's said my it's problem. true. I don't, think, I don't think that that term, non-white, does that. I think that that um, reinforces the idea that if you aren't white, you aren't. Does the system of white supremacy dictate that as long as it exists, that if you are not white, you are going to be dehumanized? Yeah, but why cooperate with it? Why use, why use a term that would contribute to that feeling and to that attitude and to those behaviors? Why use a term? But, but in your estimation, this term doesn't do that. In my estimation, it does. One of us is right. We're both right in, in that. There's something very wrong and it needs to be fixed. For but, sure. But I don't think you fix it by making white behaviors and white words and white term terminology look logical. Okay. Uh, again, as I said, I, I don't think it's protection, and I don't think it's, I certainly don't think it's it's correct. But I do think it is true under the system of white supremacy. It would be the same if I was a slave. Uh, I would not be upset about saying I'm a slave. If I'm in a system of racism, white supremacy, I'm on the plantation, I am a slave. I don't like it. I don't like being referenced as a slave, but that is true. And I think the same applies in the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, I would be much happier referencing myself uh, by anything else other than the fact that I'm not white. But we are in a system where that is, in my estimation, that is the most important thing about me as an individual on a planet dominated by white supremacy, that I am non-white. And I don't... But, but, but wait, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. You're, de you're de describing yourself as a negative. What That's are what... you? What are you other than not white? Are you something else? Is there anything else about you? There are tons of things about me. I, I agree with that completely, but what I'm saying is the most important thing, if somebody said, tell me the most important thing about you, your life, your time on the planet, I would say I am a victim 
of white supremacy. That's what I would say. I think that is what the damage that white supremacy does. We just had a white person on talking about Arthur Ashe, late Arthur Ashe. He had HIV AIDS, all the battles that he went through with that ultimately passed away from HIV AIDS. He said AIDS is not the toughest thing I've battled. Racism is the toughest thing I've battled. I think that says a lot. It seems like he too would say, give me one thing about you, Arthur Ashe, I'm a victim of racism, white supremacy, and I think it would be great in working against the system if people used terms that accurately reflected that. He's a tennis player. He's an AIDS victim. Yes, he's a lot of things other than a non-white person victim of racism. But the dominant thing, he is a victim of white supremacy. I, I think it would be correct. And I, I could be incorrect, but I think it would go a long way. I've never seen non-white people, uh, persons of color, using terms that accurately describe what racism, white supremacy does, what it means, and how it impacts them. I have not seen that done consistently. I think using the term non-white would be a step in that direction, but I could be incorrect. Well, here's another reason I have a problem with it. Okay. We have a hierarchy in this country, and you know it as well as I do. Last hired, first fired, black males. Mm Mm-hmm. Being a black male is totally different in the perception of white people and most people in this country from being different from being anybody else. Mm. What black women go through in this country is similar to, but a whole lot worse than most other, what you call, non-white people. Agreed. The history uh, in this country of our behaviors toward Native Americans and toward blacks is so ungodly that I resent anything that trivializes that. Mm. And to to lump all people, people of color, in with a term that sounds like you're not even talking about people mm. and not allowing yourself to say, I'm not only non-white, I am black. See it. Live with it. Recognize it. I'm not going to deny it, and I'm not going to allow you to trivialize what my mother and my grandmother and my my forebears have gone through in this country. I will not allow you to trivialize that. We, When you look at the statistics of how we treat black males in this country and compare it to how we treat all other males, who are non-white, but the differences are pronounced and obvious. Uh, Andrew Hacker, mm. have you had read Andrew Hacker's book? I'm trying to get him on the program. Two Nations, yes, Black, White, and uh, Separate and Unequal. Yes, ma'am. Andrew Hacker has some statistics that just blow you away that show exactly how we have responded and how we have taught people to respond to young black males in this country. Mm. And one of the problems for young black males in this country is that there are not a whole lot of old black males to mentor them Mm. because they don't live long enough. Most black males don't have to worry about collecting Social Security because the chances are pretty good that they won't live long enough to do that. That's not an accident. I wish Mm. it were. It's not an accident. None of this, as far as I'm concerned, is accidental. 
Mm. Now, I, it's accidental that you and I are visiting right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if I hadn't answered the telephone, we wouldn't be. But mm. I am because I am so concerned that young black males today do things that in the future they will regret. Things like allowing the language to be used in even more disgusting ways than it already has. Too much laughing from Gus T, but not too bad, uh, all things considered. In context, again, these segments, there were two after the phone ring. So the first segment was that Sunday. The following segment was the day after those two programs, the cows had not even been in existence back on the air for a year. That was 2010. We hadn't even done our one year anniversary of being back on the air yet. So uh, I think we had done not even 100 programs. So, I mean, we were still, still learning, still am, but I mean, all things considered a little too much laughter. I remember I can even uh, share Jane Elliott is the lamest of the lame, like, to make so much money and to be about absolute nonsense. Like she is not serious about anything. But I recall when I spoke with her on the phone the day before we spoke the first time and she was just like a crouchy old white woman. Like, I don't want to take any callers and fuss with people and and all this. Nobody does that. We've been here for 12 years. No one does that going into an interview saying, I'm not taking questions from callers and people want to argue and and all that other nonsense. No one white or non-white gets on a program and says, oh, no, I'm not going to answer a question from you if you use this word. I think Peggy McIntosh might be the only other one, and you could put both of them together, extra lame white women, one an admitted racist, the other a suspected racist, Peggy McIntosh, right in the same vein. She said, you're trying to make me say white supremacy on the program. She didn't agree with my definition and didn't provide her own definition. I just kept quoting. She wrote, she wrote many things beyond the invisible knapsack. White people just only quote that foolishness in one of her other much more recent papers after the millennium. She wrote that one of the things that we can do to work against racism is to not be talking about white privilege, but saying white supremacy. And in fact, in the report, she has this written in big, bold face print. And then she got on the program and adds white privilege. You're not going to put words in my mouth, Gus. Get on out of here. Anywho, uh, so that was Kim Heller. She was here a couple weeks ago. And then Jane Elliott. Fascinating exchange uh, with both of them. You can go back in the archives and hear uh, both of these uh, segments. Uh, You can hear, I'll start, I guess, with Jane Elliott. She classified herself as big mama. She said the term non-white sounds plantation. Plantational is in the word God, but uh, she said the word non-white sounds plantation. And if you're going to listen to someone, you should listen to big mama tell you what to do. Uh, And then, like I said, she's not serious. She's saying the conflation the whole way. You didn't describe yourself as uh non-female non-old we're not in a system of male supremacy and young supremacy and all this other nonsense we're in a system of white supremacy she agreed with that definition at the beginning of the program that's just silly conflation uh, particularly 
at one point I went to the caller. She says, I'm not answering that question. If you're using non-white, that's a person of color flagrant act of rape. I mean, how, what in the world? Shut up and take the question. Like, what are you doing? Even if you don't agree, it would just be, well, I don't agree. You are a victim of racism. She says that and then reneges. You are a non-white person and you all have fought so long to do whatever and blah, 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 to classify yourself. And you had to fight so long to be black so you can call yourself whatever you want and then to come back around and, what? You said non-white? Oh, no, 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 not taking that. That is a person of color who called in and if you can't say that, I'm not taking the question. When I'm here, it might be your show, but when I'm here, you're going to say flagrant big mama racist white woman in action. And then, no, 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 that's not what it is. That's why I said even even though we were not that far along into the cows, hadn't even done a year to identify that live time. Oh, yeah, you're practicing racism, I think. No, 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 that's not what it is. I'm letting your listeners know. That there is a problem with you're just going along. You're allowing people say that all that you're allowed. We're in a system of white supremacy. I am not allowing any. I was born in the prison. Didn't even know how to spell prison. And I was captured. Lie on top of lie. That's why I said, James Elliott is the lamest of the lame. We spent two days. Why is this even so important that you have to keep going around? White people didn't even care what I had to say when I was not talking about racism, white supremacy, even stumbling and fumbling, trying to talk about it seriously. White people didn't care what I had. It's just ah, dumb niggers. And move it. Not that I'm going to stop and invest all this time and give all these lame excuses. She started out saying that it was one thing and then it moved over here to she said, you're saying non-white, not person of color, which I never just leave it at non-white. That is uh, in Mr. Fuller's uh, code book, not to just say non-white and then white, even though I do at times drop white person and just say white deliberately. I do that at times VGQ, uh, but I do not just say non-whites a non-white. I do not do that. And I was not doing that with her. I said it was a non-white male caller. I always attach personhood to humanize uh, non-white people. Uh, but she even threw that lame excuse in and then she came back with the black misandry component, which, Hey, we talk about that on a regular basis on the program talk about on a regular basis the darker you are if you're classified as black the worse you will be treated in no way is that some let me brag and put it in your face I'm a black man I'm a black woman Mm, I will not allow you to deny my blackness we're going to hear that I was going to mock that but we're going to hear that again as we proceed and with Kim Heller she was pivoting. It was so interesting just listening. Now, it was edited because it came up many different times in the interview. Uh, her problem, her critique of the term non-white. But you you heard how it pivoted back to, I think, non-white people, black people are on the same footing as white people in being complicit. There was even a point later on in the program I asked her because she said, we got to we got to keep in mind the house niggers in black history month. And I said, well, who's more to blame on the plantation, the house niggers or the white master and white mistress. And she said, Oh, it's white supremacy is to blame and the entities of whiteness. Now talk about 
uh, dehumanizing. And I called Kim Heller on that immediately within the conversation because she pivoted from that to back to, and we got to get these house niggers now. You can sit around and fool around all you want to, but house niggers are just to blame. They're just as, as culpable in all this. That's, that is exactly what she said to pivot away from, I don't like you using the term non-white. There's something jarring about it. There's something unsettling about it. Why aren't we talking about blackness? And then the caller to dial in and ask, well, what should we use? Compensatory, brilliant. You say non-white is wrong and it could be. What should we use? Black and non-black. In a system of white supremacy, which she agreed to, of course, we got that at the beginning, we should be using the terms black and non-black to describe the people on the planet. What sort of logical sense does that make? Nonsense. All the way, and you heard the laughter, so I said pay attention to the laughter all the way through context of white supremacy so we will pivot we will hear doctor this is like a little we supposed to do this type of thing like they do like a retrospective when you have your anniversary so this will be in that vein retrospective where have we been over our uh, decade plus Uh, so we had Dr. Robert Jensen on the program many times. In fact, he was on most recently when they had the bombing. Remember in Austin, talk about white identity extremists, the bombing in Austin, Texas, not Nashville, although they had an update on the Nashville bombing from uh, this past Christmas. I just saw that today, too. Uh, But back in 2019, less my memory is bad. Was it 18? I think it was 2018, 2018. Uh, we had Dr. Robert Jensen on the program, University of Texas, Austin, and they had it was a white fella. He was sending out and bombing black people. And then he started bombing non-white people, period, in the Texas area. He sent a bomb to the FedEx. He killed two black people. I think it was two black males. Black misandry again. But we had him on more recently then. But uh, Dr. Robert Jensen, he was on, I think, one of the first five programs that we did back in 2009 when we came back on the air. In fact, uh, I think he might have been in program number four. I think us coming back on the air March 2009. Uh, and we discussed we had Dr. Jensen on the first time around. We talked about his book, The Heart of Whiteness. And one of the first and it's not a big book, very short. You could read it probably in one setting. Uh, But one of the first portions of the book he talks about where he juxtaposes the terms, uh, the term person of color or the phrase person of color with the phrase non-white, talking about the difference between the two and the logic behind why he thinks non-white is a more accurate term to use. We talked about that with him on the program on his first visit. Uh, And then Neely Fuller Jr., his seventh visit was after was in January of 2010, I was able to ask him about Jane Elliott and what she said about the term non-white. We'll hear uh, all of these good folks right now, and then we'll get one more clip on all of this before we uh, wrap up or see if folks have any thoughts. But this is Dr. Robert Jensen, Mr. Neely Fuller Jr. on the cows. In your book, The Heart of Whiteness, um, I thought was fabulous at the very beginning of the book um you talked about the terms non-white 
and people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about why you felt the term non-white was a more correct term to use to refer to the individuals who are classified as not white in a system of white supremacy. Um, it, this is another one. Many victims of white supremacy that I know really uh, have some sort of uh, strong attachment to the term people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've you know, questioned them about this term and you know, why they're so endeared to it, and most of them don't even really have a reason uh, other than that's the term that's been used for a while and they feel like it has some sort of lineage and you know, whatever yeah. that means. Could you, you know, explain to our audience why your view is uh, that non-white is a more correct term to use than people of color? Yeah. Well, you know, this this really originated in discussions with some non-white people who said they always felt uncomfortable with that term people of color, which had become the acceptable term. Uh, and it left a lot of people I knew who aren't white feeling kind of uneasy. Uh, it was too um, too easy a term. Uh, and as I started thinking about it, uh, of course, there are many people who are not white, that is, not of European origin. Uh, and what makes them a coherent group? That is, if you take black, Latino, Asian, indigenous people, what makes those people a coherent category? Well, the only thing that all those people have in common, of course, is that, that at some point in their either their personal lives or the history of their racial and ethnic group, is that they have been direct victims of white supremacy. That means the only thing that they have in common is that they're not white. It's not that they're of color, it's that they're not white in a political sense. And in that sense, I think the term non-white, although it's jarring to many people, it doesn't sound right, it, it, it feels foreign, it reminds us that, in fact, the basis of our racial system is white supremacy and that white people create two categories, white and non-white. And no matter how you label that group non-white, whether you call it people of color or communities of color or whatever, still the only thing all of those people in that category have in common is that they're not white and they are marked as not white by a white supremacist system. Now, that's why I use the term non-white, because it it, it may seem like, and people have criticized me for using it, for saying, well, it, it keeps white people at the center. right? It still references everything as either white or non-white. And my point is, yes, that's exactly what we want to do, not because we want to say white people are better, but because we want to mark that white people created a system of white supremacy that is profoundly pathological. But we have to keep our attention on that system of white supremacy. In the end, you know, people, I think, should have a right to label themselves however they want to. For sure. But I think that's an important point to make for those of us who are white to realize that, you know, we're the ones who created the system of white supremacy. We're the ones who created these two categories of white and non-white. And then within the non-white world, we created subcategories of who had more or less power and privilege. But it's all a product of a really messed up white community and that's what I always want to focus on. I you know, one of my phrases that I use <clears throat> is that we do have a race problem in the United States. And we always have to remember that the color of the race problem is white. Mm-hmm. You know, people often talk about the problem of race as a as a black problem or a latino problem. But that is to 
I think, focuses on the wrong aspect of the system. It's true that black people have problems, and they have problems sometimes distinctly connected to being black. But they, black people are not the problem. White people are the problem because white people are those folks who continue to maintain white supremacy. Let me say something that gets to the very crux of the matter, and this may be offensive for some to hear who are not on the side that we're on. White people, we have been the problem for 400 years. Say that again. Let me say it one more time for those of you who didn't hear me. White people, we have been the problem for 400 years. According to the code, she said that that is a term that shouldn't be used, correct? Right, yes. yes. Now, the code requires me to ask a question. See, everything goes into the question mode. So when I tell somebody they shouldn't do something, that immediately means, according to counter-racist logic, that they know the term I should use. Now, what did she say to that? Or did she say? She said that she felt person of color is a more accurate term because person of color, number one, it does not dehumanize the non-white people. It, since you're saying person of color, that that clarifies that non-white people are indeed humans and should be treated as such. And she also felt that non-white is self-negating. She said that she feels that saying you are non-white, it is classifying yourself in comparison to white people uh, and negating because you are not white. Mm -hmm. Well, that's her opinion, and she's entitled to it. And she gave her suggestion, which I don't agree with. So she what? can use the one that she wants to use. Mm -hmm. I'll use the one that I say should be used, and I base the logic that I have on I'm identifying myself, non-white, as for what I am. It's not a negation. It's an accurate observation. I am a prisoner, and I want to keep reminding myself of that because when I forget that, then I forget what I'm supposed to be doing in the first place. Yes, it is a comparison to white because they set that up, white, non-white. If you're not white, it ain't much to you except you're supposed to be mistreated. I understand that. That is the situation that I'm in. I don't want to forget that. I don't want the warden of the prisoner, of the prison, to ever tell me that I'm not a prison, a prisoner. Because that's what that's getting away from. That's like the warden coming down to the cell and say, you know, we used to call you fellas prisoners. From now on, we're going to call you associates. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll make me feel better but it doesn't do nothing for my status. I know exactly what that means. And that's how I analyze it. Now, people who don't want to use non-white, they don't have to. I stick with it. White, non-white, and white supremacists. These are the categories of people on the planet. And I'm not moving out of that for that reason. I carefully thought of that term. It's not a term that I made up, but it's a term that fits. If I'm a slave, call me a slave. Don't tell me that I'm a free person and I'm still a slave. Yeah, that really lulls me to sleep. You're not really a slave, you know. You're a co-worker.
you know. You know, you're a member of the firm, you know. This is the Bodie Plantation, you know. And you are one of our business associates. Now, get that plow moving. <laughs> now, boy, I'm really working out now. I mean, boy, the sweat is flying, whatnot, and I'm behind that mule and I'm grinning. I'm a business associate at the Bodie Plantation. <laughs> Man, I feel great. Get up, mule. So you, as long as the system of white supremacy uh, exists, you don't see Word it. masters. Mm. See what I mean? Cause she now, said, I've, I've been in the presence, not of Miss Jane Elliott, but Miss uh, Miss Farrell, she's another one, and Tim Wise and all that. I mean, they're with that white privilege group. I'm greatly suspicious of their motives, all of them, and I say so. Why? Because I don't really know what they're doing, why they're doing it. I mean, all people who are classified as white are racist suspects if they are able to be racist. That's set in cement. That doesn't change for anybody. I don't care what the efforts are. You don't get paid for effort. Not 12 years of attempted counter-racist broadcasting or 30 years, I guess for Jane Elliott, it's more than that, 30 years of uh, phony, alleged anti-racist activity, alleged. Dr. Robert Jensen, Neely Fuller Jr., uh, Dr. Robert Jensen, again, that was pff, like one of the first four programs that we did back on the air. I'll state that for in, uh, for emphasis. We've been here for 12 years. I'm thankful we have not really had folks dialing in. I think I have chastised folks about this enough over the years to dial in with, oh, Brother Gus, thank you so much. And ugh, we have not had that sort of nonsense. Uh, because that really has not been the case. We There's not like regard or appreciation, generally speaking, uh, for the cows, the work of Gus T. I'm even citing this within. I went to post our report this evening and apparently a listener, I suspect, longtime listener, posted the archives of you cursing at white people is hilarious. You are more codified now. I was appalled. Show cause. Where is the archive of Gus T talking to a white guest and cursing at them? Now I'm going to put this in context. Our co-host Justice was 10. She joined the program in 2009 in the summer. It certainly was G rated and no cursing then. So I know I was not cursing at a white person with a 10 year old on the program. You just heard one of the programs that we did with Dr. Robert Jensen right there. I wasn't cursing right there. Now we, the cows originated in 2007 for exactly two months and white people threw us off the air. They gave a list of reasons why we were thrown off the air and none of them included cursing at a white person. So if anybody can produce the program and it's not just, Oh yeah, you cursed it. I need the exact program guest date and maybe even cue up the audio of me cursing at a white guest 
We've had like hundreds of them. I think you're going to struggle to find that. Whether you look in 2009, briefly in 2000, we had Tim Wise on in 2007. We had Farrell Winfrey on in 2007. I think if you look there in that 2007 interview with Farrell Winfrey is in the archives. I don't think you're going to hear us cursing myself or back of the bus cursing at Farrell Winfrey. And then 2009 forward, it is dispersed through various places through the Internet. Now, yes, there are archives where Gus T used some profanities, but generally it was not with a guest. I don't think the cows would have existed very long if Gus T had a reputation at any point for cursing at white people who come on the program. Show cause exact program. That's it. Jane Elliott, like man. Now, if Gusty did curse at white people on the program, she would be the white person to curse out. Like my goodness. Um, even just hearing the logic that you just heard from Robert Jensen, Neely Fuller Jr. She flipped from one of her reasons. It, it went from her dislike of the term non-white to victims of racism everybody white people are victims of racism too which i've said for 12 years is hogwash of the highest order that's what i mean like the lamest of the lame jane elliott and she was in the middle of george floyd they had her like on television and major plat oh yes jane elliott help us understand help us get through we're going to read case and talk to old jane elliott yes people of color and white people are ignorant that's like the major gist of her spiel white people are ignorant and people of color emotional commitment to ignorance doesn't identify herself as an admitted racist on many other platforms either the other piece since this happened so long ago Jane Elliott the first time she was a guest was back in 2010 has that happened we've got more than a decade now to look back so do we see any evidence of white people weaponizing the word non-white to use against us. Do we even see that word being used more now than we did a decade ago? I will see, I do see the term being used a little bit more frequently than I did about a decade ago. Not saying I hear it all the time. I still hear, you know, people of color and like when we do the uh, compensatory call-ins, on the weekend, I don't hear non-white very often. It might be used every now and then, but I don't hear non-white very often. It's normally people of color or minorities or black and brown. That is the one that I hear all the time. Black and brown people, black and brown people, black and brown people, people of color. That's what I hear. I don't really hear non-white people uh, used. And I mean, white people pretty much weaponize all of the terms that they use to classify non-white people. They even make up new terms. So yet none of that just makes any sense to me. And particularly, like I said, a decade on, it's just alarming the nonsense from Jane Elliott and then more recently Kim Heller. And especially when you contrast that with two logic speaking individuals, at least in that narrow context that we heard right there, Dr. Robert Jensen suspected racist, and then victim of racism, Neely Fuller Jr. talking about why they use that term. I don't want to get confused. I want to I don't want to fall into a trap thinking about we got some sort of connections as a group that we don't. Uh, and I don't want to get confused about what the major problem is. The major problem is I am being mistreated on the basis of being classified as a non white person 
by these guys and gals who say that they are white. Our final snippet. I did say you heard in the audio uh, clips there that we've had a non-white person also and more than one uh, come on the program and say some of the same things. You know, you're negating yourself and defining yourself against what you are not and just taking all of the white supremacist branding and perceptions of who you are as a person and making that your dominant identity. We've heard all of that uh, from even some black people on the program. One of them, Dr. Robert L. Williams. And before I play his segment, all of this timed up so well, that it, right and exact, right? For Black History Month, 12-year anniversary, everything. Uh, Robert L. Williams, the second founding director of Black Studies Program, passes away at the age of 90 this past August 2020. I'm reading from uh, source.wst, or it's Washington University, St. Louis, uh, edu. Uh, Robert L. Williams II, Professor Emeritus of Psychological and Brain Sciences and of African and African American Studies, both in Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis, died August 12, 2020. He was 90. Wow. Impressive, Dr. Williams. A founding member and early president of the Association of Black Psychologists, Williams co-founded Washington University's Black Studies Program, now the Department of African and African American Studies, an early critic of racial bias in standardized testing and a proponent of African philosophical traditions. He is perhaps best known for coining the term Ebonics, a mashup of ebony and phonics to refer to the vernacular English often spoken by African Americans. Born in Bisco, Arkansas, Williams attended Dunbar High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Bill Clinton, as a junior, he took an aptitude test that seemed to suggest a career in manual labor rather than college work. I lost my confidence for a long time, he told the record in 1981, until other people convinced me that I could make it in college. Despite the test, Williams graduated from Dunbar High at age 16. He spent a year at Dunbar Community College before transferring to nearby Philander Smith College, where he earned his bachelor's degree in 1953. Two years later, Williams earned his master's of education in psychology from Wayne State University in Detroit and soon was hired as a staff psychologist at Arkansas State Hospital, the first African-American to hold such a position in the state. Williams arrived at Washington University as a graduate student in 1957 and received his doctorate in clinical psychology in 1961. He then served as an assistant chief psychologist at the Jefferson Barracks Veterans Affairs Hospital in St. Louis as director of a hospital improvement pro uh, project in Spokane, Washington, right here, literally down the road from Gus and as a consultant for the National Institute of Mental Health, part of the National Institutes of Health. Williams helped to organize the uh, American Black Psychologists Associ uh, in 1968 in the months following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Today, it includes more than 1,400 members from across the United States. Williams served as president from 1969 to 1970. 
Williams returned to Washington U in 1970 to direct the Black Studies program. The move followed a series of protests by the university's Association of Black Students. Chief among the group group's demands was the call to establish black studies, which students argued would radically reform our future education. Black studies was born in the days of high protest. Williams recalled in a 2019 interview with Gerald Early, the Merle Kling professor of modern letters and current chair of African American, African and African American studies. It was really not an easy task. There were many unanswered questions at that time. Even the faculty had questions about the importance or significance of black studies. Nevertheless, he added, I saw a great deal of opportunity. As chair, Williams quickly established an honors program, an awards program, partnerships with other campus areas and opportunities for international travel, as well as an independent institute for black studies through which he conducted much of his research. In 1972, he developed the Black Intelligence Test of Cultural Homogeneity, which made national headlines for demonstrating the cultural biases inherent in standardized testing. My prediction was that African Americans would do much better on the Black Intelligence Test than they would on conventional tests, and white students would do very poorly, Williams told Early, dryly adding, that was supported. Williams' conception of Ebonics grew out of a national conference on the cognitive and language development of black children, which he organized in St. Louis in 1973. Two years later, he edited and published the influential collection Ebonics, the true language of black folks. Other major works include The Collective Black Mind, toward an Afrocentric theory of black personality. Racism learned at an early age through racial scripting, 2007. We discussed that book in detail uh, during his visit on the program in 2009. No cursing there either. A history of the ABP, American Black Psychologists, and dozens of scholarly papers. In 2014, Washington University honored his legacy with day-long conference on diversity in academia. In 2017, he received a legacy award at the university's Trailblazers recognition ceremony. Williams' wife of nearly 70 years, Ava Lee Williams, died in 2018. The couple is survived by seven children, Julius, Yvonne, Larry, Reva, Dorothy, Robert, and Michael, all of whom studied at Washington University, as well as 19 grandchildren, 19 great-grandchildren, and two great-great-grandchildren. Although his education and knowledge of psychological issues related to African Americans laid the foundation for his career, Yvonne observed his greatest strength was Rosie Lee Mitchell, his mother, a Christian woman with a second-grade education who valued education. When he was little, she told him, Boy, go get that piece of paper. Very invisible manish. And he did get that piece of paper. That is the uh, report obituary for Robert L. Williams II. Again, he died just this past August uh, at the age of 90. Very impressive, uh, Dr. Robert L. Williams. Uh, just I thought that would be important for many reasons. Uh, just respect. 
respects, but uh, condolences to his family, and of course, and probably the many, 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 many students that he touched uh, over the years. Uh, but he was with us uh, back in 2009, and uh, he volunteered that he did not think the term non-white was constructive. So we will hear what he had to say about the term. Uh, we will have a cameo from James Brown. Uh, we will also have a cameo from Neely Fuller Jr. and Big L, uh, deceased Big L, and James Brown, the late Big L, the late James Brown. But we will get right to uh, Robert L. Williams the second from November 2009, going way, way back uh, in the Cow's archive. Ebonic! Yeah! Check it out, Pete. I know you like the way I'm freaking it. I talk with slang and I will never stop speaking it. That's just the way that I talk, yo. I will ask Dr. Williams, you have a doctorate. Do you think it is relevant to know whether or not you're speaking to a white person or a non-white person in a discussion on racism, white supremacy? Very definitely. Hmm. And, um, you know, I have one one problem with the use of the term non-white. I, I do not like to be described as being non-white. You know that's that's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a negating my, my blackness. I would rather be described as an African American or a black person rather than non-white. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask why why chose why did you choose the word non-white as opposed to identifying us in you know as black or African American? Well. Um... Number one, I like to keep the focus on the fact that we are in a system of white supremacy and that the most important factor is determining whether an individual is white. Um, That's number one, and I think using the term non-white keeps the focus on the fact that the problem is white people who practice racism, white supremacy. Uh, Number two, I have found that definitions for the term black, African-American, Asian, Latina, I have found that people generally do not have good definitions for what these terms mean. I myself can't even give you a definition for what black means. All I can really say if someone were to put me on the hot seat is that uh, someone who is more powerful than me that I suspect is most likely a racist uh, is able to determine this is a black person. This is a so-called Asian person. Um, I feel that uh, non-white is much more accurate. I can explain what that means to anyone. If I had to tell Justice, who's 10, or if I had to tell someone who was 80 years old, I could explain to them what I mean when I say non-white. If they asked me to explain black or African-American, all I could really tell them is I was told when I was born, put on my birth certificate, that I was a black person. I don't know what it means beyond that. I don't know what the criterion is for determining who is a black person, who is an African-American, and all that. I just don't know what the criterion for that is. So for me personally, I am very comfortable using non-white. I do say black if people tell me that they want to be referenced as a black person. I call them black or or whatever else they choose to self-classify as. But I do – I'm 
pretty consistent in saying that I just don't know what those terms mean, black, Asian, all the other terms. Um, you said that you felt that use of the term non-white, it was self-negating. Am I, am I quoting I you think accurate? It, well, it, it's telling what I'm not. It, it doesn't tell what I am. It, it, it simply says that, that, that I am, am not white. So if it says I'm not, what, what am I? You see, it's almost like if I have a non-existence, if, if you don't say what I am. But you say a white person, that gives that person an existence, uh, at least by definition or by description. But to say that I'm non-white, it, you know, I wouldn't identify my, myself as non-female. Hmm. I think uh, a lot of it, or at least, again, as I said, for me, non in a system of white supremacy, um, being non-white really clarifies the power dynamic of white over everybody that they say is non-white. I guess it really goes back to my definition for white supremacy, that the white people say that they're going to dominate everybody who is not white. So when I use the term not white, uh, that just, uh, as you were saying, like the, the, the people of color unifying, I feel like non-white is a great term to unify and clarify that everybody who is not white, who is subject and victimized by the system of white supremacy, we are all over here. The people who are white, who I suspect, and or who admit to practicing racism, white supremacy, they're over there. I think it's a great way of clarifying exactly what's going on so that we have a clear understanding we should be focused on white people. But I could be incorrect. Well, you know, I, I think that's a preface. I remember years ago we had a an organization uh, which was called the Non-White the Association of Non-White Concerns, hmm. and, and we were challenged by that. You know, that why why are you why are you defining yourself negatively? What what you're not? Why don't you define yourself in terms of what you are? And um, I think it's to me uh, in trying to come out of this morass of oppression and so forth, we have to clearly, clearly identify who we are in order to know who we are. And if we don't identify who we are, who's going to identify who we are? And so I think when, you know, James Brown, I was going to say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud back in the 60s, that we began to feel better about ourselves as being black people and, and developing a black consciousness. I think it's more forceful. I feel, you know, that when I move, you know, transition from being a color to a Negro to black, that I felt really, really good becoming black when Martin Luther King was assassinated. That was my transformation. I, transfer, I didn't transfer from a non-white into uh, a black. I transferred from a Negro into black. And, and, mm. you know, all I, and I still think that, that you know, it, it's our chore that something we need to do is, is really define who we are, what our black identity is. And that's why I even, I'm writing a book now on how to raise black kids, and one of the things that, is how to establish black identity. I would not start with a negative thing, so you're not white. I would, I would say you are born black, and you're going to die black, and a black mortician is going to bury you. You're going to be black. You're not going to be non-white through your life. You know, I, that's, that's the position that I take, and I've been through that with the organization that we had years ago. I was not a founder of that organization, but I did join it, 
and uh, we had a lot of discussions. And finally, we we changed it. You know, it's no longer called uh, the Association of Non-White Concerns. Uh, I did publish in, in the journal that that we put out uh, several articles trying to clarify that we were not non-white, and so that's why I raised the question as to, and I can understand your focus on white supremacy that you that you want to set, you know, as a target, um, and and even bringing black people under, but I do think that in your that you should recognize that we are black or African American and that's a, that we need that positive identity. We need to to be identified as, as black people. We need to be identified as African Americans. We need to accept that and celebrate that. Uh, I cannot celebrate being non white. I don't I don't want to I don't want to classify myself, you know, as white. That 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 bothers me. That that really that, you know, it's it's almost uh, you know I'm not I wouldn't say I'm non-gay or, or I'm non-female. You know, I'm uh, I am I am a strong black man, and I want to be identified as a strong black man. Mm-hmm. I want to be identified as an African American. I want to be I want to be, you know, have that black consciousness. I want to have everybody to raise that black consciousness and form that collective that we need to unification that we need to have. That's how, that's how I feel about it. And I'm not criticizing you. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Exchange of views. Can you, could you share with us what you mean when you say black? Well, I mean a, a group of people who have uh, commonalities in their culture and are descendants of, uh, of, of African people. Hold on, hold on one second, because I'm, I'm writing this down. You said a group of people who have commonality in culture and descendants of African people. And yeah, and in uh, uh, genetic heritage. I think there's a, a genetic blackness, there's a cultural blackness, and all of those things uh, coalesce to, to make a black person, and consciousness, spirituality, and all of those things. Okay. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't argue whether, you know, any of those things are true or not true, but that's how I see it, you know. Uh, I, I, I see us as, you know, um, survivors of, uh, of of coming from Africa, you know, even though, even though we weren't born in Africa, but we, but, you know, trace our, our heritage back to Africa. I can't okay. trace my my uh, heritage back to Europe, mm. or back okay. to Asia. I just I want to make sure I wrote it wrote it down correctly. You said commonality of culture uh, among descendants uh, who share a genetic heritage from Africa. Um, mm-hmm. According to that definition, from what I have been told, and I could be incorrect, everybody can trace their genetic heritage to Africa. Is that is that your understanding? Well, I understand that the first uh, people came from Africa, yes. Okay. So by that definition, everybody who is a human being who can trace their genetic history to Africa would be a black person. Would that be correct by your definition? That would be 
Yes, my definition. If they, if a person can trace his definition back to Africa, okay. you know, there have been anomalies along the way that 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 modified them to where they where they uh, develop other kinds of uh, genetic compositions that that the, the genes were transformed, and that's why they call themselves something else. I don't I don't deny that all of us. You know, all the people originated in Africa. I mean, the first man and so forth. Uh, that's that's not that's not a debatable issue. Hmm. And we can conclude that that all people are African Americans, but they are genetically uh, uh, changed as, hmm. as they move, you know, away from Africa. Hmm. I see, and this this is part of. So see, then they develop different cultures. Hmm. Okay. Now this is um, this right here illustrates why I have problems um, with the term black, because as I said, as we agreed, everybody could trace their genetic history to Africa, and even with variations, um, you would have people who are so-called black who probably have genetic variations. Uh, on top of that, uh, I have heard lots of white people and non-white people who are scientists who have said there really is no genetic basis for race. There is nothing you can look at on a gene to say, well, this is a black person, this is a non-white person, this Barack Obama is, I have no idea what he would be classified as genetically, where they have just said consistently, consistently uh, nothing about genetics can support race. All of this is a manifestation of an expression of racism, white supremacy, nothing else. Um, even when it moves to culture, I have seen where this results in a lot of arguing and bickering amongst people who say that they are black about what black culture is could you could you share with us what you mean when you say black culture and black consciousness well when i say black consciousness i mean feeling uh proud of of your of your culture of your spirituality commonality uh feeling uh that you are worthy of of life rather than you know being deficient mm -hmm. that uh, that when I say culture I'm talking about you know those things that, that we have in, in common with you know going to uh, black churches uh, mm -hmm. uh, going to black bars black barbershops black morticians black uh, beauticians you know those I mean, how many how many black people go to a white barber? It's probably minuscule, probably you know less than one percent. Mm -hmm. How many black people get buried by a, by a white mortician? How many black people, uh, uh, you know, you know, if you you have to you have to think of, of the commonality just because of the things that we do. And as black and people, see, I'm, you know what I'm disagreeing with, and what I'm calling the question is for to be identified as what I'm not. Mm -hmm. 
I want to be. You see, I want to be identified as black. If you see me as a six four, two hundred and twenty five man, mm-hmm. you don't see me as a non white person. Mm-hmm. I. You would say Dr. Robert Williams, a a seventy nine year old non white. What? Come on. Uh, are you are you a white person? No, I'm not white. Okay. When I say non-white, I just mean an individual who is classified as not white. So would it be inaccurate to say that Dr. Robert Williams is a non-white male? No, that would not be accurate for me. Okay. But even Dr. If Robert Williams, an, an Afro-American or a black man? It would be inaccurate to say that Dr. Robert L. Williams is not a white male. That would be an inaccurate statement? Yes. But then who is, what is he? Uh, am, am, I a, Asian? am I Asian? Am I Hispanic? Or what am I? You see, it doesn't tell what I am. It tells what I'm not. Right, 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 right. I, I'm very clear. I'm in total agreement about that. It is not in any way addressing how you classify yourself uh, as being a black male, an African-American male. It does not touch that at all. It just does clarify that you are not classified as a white person. Right. Okay, okay. okay. And you don't. Um, so go, go ahead. Now, when you introduced yourself, you know, a while ago, you said, I'm a black man. You didn't say I'm a non-white. I do tell people that I am a non-white male. I also reference as a black male. Um, I will say I was influenced by you saying you're a black male, just to let you know. I am also classified as a black male, but I uh, consistently reference as non-white male, so-called black male. I even for a long time reference just as a victim of racism, white supremacy. I don't have a problem with that. I actually think oh, that's that w- okay. That, oh, now, okay. That, it, that's different. Okay. You become a victim of, of white supremacy and, and mm. white uh, racism. That, that's different from, see, that's, that's saying what you have been, what you have experienced. But if you tell me that I'm non-white, that doesn't tell me anything about who I am. Black brothers, like brother hell. It's because of confusion. Black people are confused about what it is they're supposed to be doing and why they're supposed to be doing it. See, it kind of got confused during the so-called black power era where everybody was just bragging about being black. And the reason they was bragging about being black is because white people were bragging about being white. But they weren't thinking about the greater context. I put it in the book back then. And I said in one of my talks down at Fisk University back in the 1990s, I said, stop bragging about being black. You didn't have nothing to do with it. That's not the objective. To to trying to acquire, acquire worldwide bragging rights. I mean, that's not the objective. Or shouldn't be. And if you, you know, if you acquire it and everybody says, okay, you got bragging rights now. You didn't have it before. Now you got it, you know. <laughs> so, you know. Mmm. Uh, mmm. A lot of that seems like. Some black good. person, some young black person, I think, even scrawled it on the, I got on the bus back in the 1960s. And on a 
picture that was talking about black power or something equivalent to that. Uh, somebody put up there, I is black and proud, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Mm. That is us. That is us. Wow. I can understand it. I mean, you know, uh, I, you know, I came through that era and all like that. I understood what was going on. It was basically because white people were going around saying, I'm a white man and I'm proud of it. And so black people say, well, I'm a black man and I'm proud of it. Okay, even Stephen. Okay. But that being the case, now what? See, so the issue is, not how proud you are to be white or black or tall or short or anything. The issue is, is there some mistreatment going on here? That's the only issue. And is everybody getting the help that they need? And everything else falls right in place. sir that makes sense that makes sense it seems like a lot of this is still connected to that to the idea of race uh why i think uh someone brought this up on the program a long time ago too well that's black people considering themselves as being a member of a black race right which i'm saying hey race is racism we don't need to be no member of no race that's the white supremacist thing we need to be universal people now how about that we ain't never even thought about being that. But that's where our mind should be and should have been all along. We're in the universe. Mm. We people who can function to the maximum in the most constructive fashion anywhere in the universe at any time. And then that's where our value should come from. Mm. Black people are very resistant to that. Like, it seems like that is entrenched. It's got a lot of power, the idea that there's a black race. Well, that's why we spend a whole lot of time just sitting in front of the mirror, I mean, trying to get our hair going, doing this and that and the other. Or go and get a new tattoo. I mean, you know, we we think it has something to do with just our bodies, I mean, you know, and, and not our minds. I mean, you know, our bodies are here. But what good is a body if it ain't got no mind that's doing anything? We put emphasis on the incorrect thing. The white supremacists say, well, what can you people do? Well, we can dance. Well, (laughs) la-di-da. Mm, dead. Man, that uh, that idea is he just that idea of race. Um, I, it's very few. Even people that I know that have read your book, it seems like they are very that. It almost seems as bad as when people read your book, where you say that uh, white people are the smartest people on the planet. It almost seems as bad as that. Like thinking that there's no black race and you shouldn't be saying you're black and proud. Like just uh, just completely unwilling to think about it or 
ponder on if that's true or incorporating that into the way they think. I mean, well, when we clutch to that, I mean, we ain't clutching to nothing else. You know what I mean? I mean, we're saying that's it. You know, just like that sign said, you know, I is black and proud. They say, okay, so you're black and proud. Now what? Nothing. Well, that's what I thought. (laughs) Twelve years context of white supremacy same thing i've been saying for 12 years if you like the cows so what if you don't like the cows so what replace white supremacy with justice immediately Woo! again condolences dr Robert L. Williams II. Way more educated than Gusty Renegade. I have not uh, created a black studies program uh, anywhere. Dr. Robert L. Williams II. Again, that entire broadcast uh, is in the archives November of 2009. Uh, Incidentally, I do say that because in a system of white supremacy, I feel like we, it's very easy to make, you know, comments uh, that are not favorable uh, about black males, black people in particular, black misandry, black males. We heard that a few times uh, within there, even an OJ Simpson reference, I think come up tomorrow. Uh, but you heard two different programs from Jane Elliott, 2010, before we had even had our one year anniversary. Dr. Robert L. Williams, November 2009, our first few months of being back on the air. Dr. Robert Jensen, I believe our fourth program being on the air, 2009, our fourth, March 2009. We just had been back on the air a couple weeks ago. So you heard me talking to three different white people, two different non-white people. Did you hear Gus curse one time in any of those segments dating all the way back to 2009 up to last week? I have cursed on the program before. Not cursing is encouraged, Mr. Fuller and others. But if you can point to a program where Gus T was cursing at white people please reference the date the program and maybe even a timestamp. not where i was quoting it can't be something like that you know <laughs> because that does happen. but it has to be gusty cursing at a white person on a program a cow's broadcast point to that broadcast i only bring this up because in a system of white supremacy as I said, black misandry yes but it is very common in fact I even said I tweeted it yesterday I had to go back obviously I had to make you know a lot of sound clips I had to listen to all this I was listening to both uh, the Jane Elliott 
and the Kim Heller uh, segments. And for I, I generally do not like to listen to a whole lot of cows archives. I'm not really a, a fan of listening to myself talk to other people. I have to do it sometimes for you know obvious reason. I think it's great practice for anyone. Great business practice uh, if you are a podcaster or do something broadcasting that way you can improve and all of that. I just don't enjoy doing it. But listening, one of the reasons maybe I don't enjoy doing it in particular when. I have to do it when I'm talking to a white person. I listened and kind of got detached for a moment. And it was one of the moments where the white person was doing something to practice racism. In my view, there were so many of those to pick from, from what you heard tonight. So, you know, pick one. Uh, And I was responding and saying that I thought they were practicing racism, which you heard me do many times through the audio clips And I just said, wow, who is this nigga talking to this white person like this? Like, why is he in jail? Like, why? Why is this even being allowed? And uh, it was so that's why I tweeted it It was so stunning. Like and I've had that uh, happen a few times where I went back and, you know, had to listen to the archives and uh, other people have said the same thing. Many people have like all the way back to the beginning. Uh, I share, I think I've said, I've shared this on the, on the program many times. She can, folks can correct me if I'm lying on, I'm, you know, being truthful. Uh, Cree said Noel Ignatieff. He was on the program July, 2009, the day of the funeral services for Michael Jackson. he talked with us I believed he practiced racism I said that to him during the course of the program I didn't curse at him either I don't believe he departed and Cree said counter racist evolving engineer she said that she got contacted by a non-white person uh, that she's known for some time right they talk about racism serious things and she said it's, it's not like they had talked daily right I don't know the the frequency of their conversation but I'm pretty sure she told me something to the effect that it wasn't like they were tweeting and messaging on a daily or hourly basis nothing like that nothing that consistent she said I guess somehow maybe she shared it or whatever he heard the the program with Noel Ignatiev and contacted man I cannot believe that that no count who is this who is this fellow why isn't he in jail I can't believe he sat there and talked to Noel Ignatieff like he was sharing constructive information. He just he wouldn't even let him talk. And that's what the folks said on, uh, when we had Kim Heller on the broadcast last week in South Africa, no less. They said non-white is ridiculous. They put up a picture of a billboard in South Africa that said this is for the non-whites. Again, I know who is responsible for putting up those type of signs. They said he just had Kim Heller on just to bully her and talk trash. I can't believe it. That is so common in the system of white that white chip. They call it. I've heard folks say some of the same things about Minister Malcolm X and pretty much anybody uh, who is classified as non-white, who is being accurate. Addressing the system of white supremacy, racism like ooh, can be dangerous. Ooh. I don't know if I want to listen to that radical. It's all kind of in the same rubric, radical, militant, all of that circling back to uh, I don't think Gus T's legacy at any point, 2009, 2010, the cows, even 2007 is cursing at white people. I think I'm still learning. I hope I'm a little bit more codified today than I was at the beginning of 2020. That's the goal, right? But yeah, cursing at a white person. Oh, 
show call. And if we can't find evidence of that, I would like that retracted. Uh, I was wrong. And that will be retracted if we can't find evidence of that. So if we have any folks who have commentary, 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. We'll check and see if folks have commentary to share. Producejustice.com. Producejustice.com. Check out Mr. Fuller's work. He gives the detail in his code book and or word guide, which I did read from uh, about the term non-white trying to avoid racial classification confusion let's see Uh, folks who might have commentary to share Uh, first few or yeah I see several folks with hands up first few folks with hands up Uh, line should be open proceed hey what's up Gus Uh, this is uh, Dick out of New Jersey um, let me know if it's a little noisy. I'm I'm listening while walking in the supermarket. But um, I've never heard you curse uh, any guests out. Um, if I can assume or make an assumption, because I don't know what uh, the person who tweet tweeted that to you, but I think the fact that uh, you push back metaphor or you challenge um, your guests and mainly when you challenge white guests, I don't think that other victims are used to that. I don't think that other victims feel that maybe um, other victims are um, worthy or or have the expertise to challenge white people, especially when you have uh, the likes of Jane Elliott or Tim Wise and you have the well-to-do white people who are uh, saying that they are attempting to correct white supremacy. So I think that's where the confusion comes in with the wording of cursing your guests out. Um, Non-white, black, African-American, I mean, we've seen that confusion on display during this election where people were questioning whether uh, Kamala Harris was African-American or Black American. Um, Even with um, Barack Obama um, being having a uh, Kenyan father and uh, a white mother that that has come out. Like, what does it mean to be Black? (laughs) So um, that, that confusion was was on display. Um, so I think that uh, you know, you know, non non white is accurate because when I talk to other victims, 
um, it seems to always go into anti-blackness and it, it goes into more or less like the blame being black people and not, you know, not white people. I mean, we can see that right now with this film that was just promoted, uh, the Fred Hampton movie, and it highlighted the uh, the agent, the black agent, the infiltrator, the sellout, the coon. And so, but it really had no real um, um, spotlight on the people who hired the victims. And it's the same thing with the with the revelation that came out with the death confession from the the black police officer who died and and said that the NYPD and FBI was responsible and behind the scenes manipulating the assassination of Malcolm X. So again, white people is the problem. And I think that, and I don't know the guest that you had on, but he said there's nothing wrong with black people that ending racism won't solve. And I think that that was a quote that is just stuck in my head. Um, so I'll yield with that. And again, I've listened to archives upon archives of old footage of the cows. I've never heard you curse at a guest. I yield. Much obliged, sir. Uh, I have not seen Judas and the Black Messiah, but I'm I'm so surprised that in black hit didn't Kim Heller. That's what she just said. She said, we got to acknowledge that we got house niggers. That's the term she used, by the way, house niggers. And they are on equal footing as the racist. That's what she said. I'm, I'm so surprised that in Black History Month, shout to Carter G. Woodson, that Judas and the Black Messiah is focused on a sellout, a traitor, a coon. I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised. And we don't get any information at all. Now, who are the white people who have a staff and a payroll to recruit and train black traders to go out and help assassinate a black male? Because I don't think this black trader was in the group that actually carried out the raid. I could be totally wrong and I didn't see the film, but I do know about Fred Hampton. I'm not ignorant about that. I don't think Mr. O'Neill was in the group of armed white Chicago police officers who killed Fred Hampton shot at him next to his pregnant wife. I might be wrong. If I took a guess, I'm going to confirm in a second. I suspect they got a black person who was born in the States to play Mr. O'Neill, the race trader. That doesn't really mean anything. I guess maybe all things mean something, but that would be my guess. I'm going to check and confirm. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, if you have commentary, proceed. Hello. Irie in Louisiana. Yes, ma'am. Hello. Good evening. Um, good evening, everybody on the line. And hello, Gus. I, I just got on the phone maybe 15 minutes ago, so I don't know what I missed exactly. I just remember you said there was a show tonight. But I wanted to say... Um, I haven't heard you curse um, on this show. I've heard other people curse. I've heard, you know, callers maybe accidentally 
maybe say, damn, I don't even know if they've even said that. I just said it. So, I mean, I guess now you can say it. But um, when I first heard the show, um, like I said, the first, very first episode I heard was when you were speaking to the creator of The Matrix. But then the next ones after, when you were talking to the white guest, I remember feeling like there's a scene in Malcolm X where the young man goes to the diner. He's like, I've never heard a, you know, N-word. I mean, a black man, you know, talk to no white man like that. It kind of had the same effect because it's not that it wasn't called for. It's just no one uh, I knew personally or professionally had enough courage and like you said, black self-respect to be upfront but polite with a white person and let them know I understand the the esoterics of what you're doing and I'm going to make it obvious or make it plain as they say and let you know that I know. And because of that, I actually was like, I have to listen to this show some more because it was boldness that I had been seeking because I had the same boldness, but I did it the wrong way for years. I would do what Mr. Fuller said, do the opposite of. I was emotional with the boldness. I would, um, you know what I'm saying, like be very, um, like just just do doing more than what was necessary um, and not really focusing on, on the word choices even. So listening to the cows made me choose my words more correctly think before speaking, and then it led me to so many authors that I had never heard of before, Um, and so many um, instances of racism I never realized could be practiced, you know, Um, so I want to thank you, like, seriously, like, it's been an encouraging evolution listening to the cows. I share the cows with everyone non-white I come in contact with, and some people listen, some people don't. Uh, a lot of people will listen, but they'll fall off. I'm I'm pretty much trying to be, I try to be dedicated to it. And I just thank uh, the creator above that this show came into being because it's saving a lot of people from confusion. And um, like whatever I can do to support, even if it's just listening in, because yes, I'm a victim. And, you know, sometimes money's funny, but like I said, if if it's even just doing some keystrokes and sharing the program or if you needed something created, I, I definitely help. Um, that's really all I wanted to say. So Ashe, uh, Dua, uh, in the comedic tongue, and please keep going, keep striving, do not quit. I'll, me and everybody else will be here till the wheels fall off, as they say. So thank you, Hotep. Much obliged, uh, Irie in Louisiana. Uh, I can relate to the scene in Malcolm X. Uh, it's like, whoa, I've never seen someone talk to uh, a white person. Not that, you know, I'm relating myself to Malcolm X or even Detroit Red, neither. But uh, I can relate to having that type of feeling, uh, hearing, like I said, hearing the argument. like, who is this Negro? why is this being allowed? Like, you should be beaten or something like that was my feeling. It was, it was not in any way when I've, and I've had that feeling several times hearing archives over the years. Uh, it, it was not at all like, wow, what a courageous fella. And I want to do that. Like, Whoa, 
that nigger is dangerous. Like, let me get away. Like, maybe we should. Is it someone we can call to put a stop to this? Like, it was more in that vein. Um, yes. And I did check the person who is portraying Mr. O'Neill, the snitch uh, in uh, Fred Hampton's demise, Fred Hampton Sr.'s demise, uh, is portrayed uh, by Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, it's reported here that he is from Victorville, California. I thought they would get a black person to be the sellout. They would make sure he's born in the States. Not that, you know, non-white problem is white people. Other people who dialed in with a hand up, uh, if you have commentary, proceed. Uh, hey, guys. Um, um, I, I thought it was, well, with today's call, I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, the two white ladies... Uh, they didn't seem to have issues describing and like sort of regaling um, about like our uh, non-white people's victimhood. So they, they or like basically the non-white people's non-whiteness, I guess that, I don't know if that makes sense, but they would regale about, I don't know, like um, black people's statistics or South Africans, Poverty, just basically describe their non-whiteness, but they didn't want to budge on that non-white term. Um, and yeah, I was thinking about when you were saying the cursing. I think it was that um, the white lady from Move Africa. I think a caller called in that show and sort of asked her, why was she like cursing so much? Why was she so vulgar? Because I think, I mean, even... I think I've heard some cursing on here, but it, it's so rare that that people that come in and and, and speak like that are sort of chastised and uh, sort of questioned about why they're speaking like that. Um, I was thinking about Miss Heller, and she and uh, I went on Twitter and I looked at some of those folks that. Um, uh, so-called South Africans that had commented and what they were saying. And, um, and I think she, and I think I said this last week, so it, it's just allowing, because I think like nowadays, like South Africans have a, like a lot more access to like the internet and information. So a lot more than they had, I would just say like five years ago. Um, and so I think it allows people to sort of, portray themselves and as intellectuals. Um so not make so you know, they don't want to make things simple, like non white no, they wanna go into I guess I almost say go into the weeds, but I guess that's a metaphor. Uh, but they really want to and not necessarily to go it. But yeah, they really just want to intellectualize things. They want to seem smart. They want to seem like I know something that you don't know. Um uh but that's about it. Um Oh, yeah, and um, I wanted to, like, what the last call was talking about. I think that that was one of the reasons that I was intrigued about the show the first time that I heard it. I think you it was a show where that was like a professor, and you guys were talking about Thomas Jefferson, and he didn't want to describe him as a pedophile. And uh, you questioned him, and some callers repeatedly questioned him about that. And I'd never really heard of a platform like this, and I didn't 
think that there was a platform like this, but it intrigued me and I kept listening. Thank you. Much obliged, sir. Questioning white people, like white guests only. Like at times I feel like we should have, you know, maybe instituted that earlier because uh, that's so important like questioning not cursing at you know that's why I even bring that up because that's so uh, core like that's something that I recognized even before the cows existed like not being emotional and putting that in practice I think Ari said that that she kind of before getting introduced to some of the counter racist concepts she was like more emotional in speaking with white people and having these two of conversations or even trying to address when racism may have been practiced. That was me too. I think that was lots of us. Right. And I, that's included in the counter racism uh, commercial play that over the years, Mr. Edward Williams. Uh, but that doesn't really solve the problem. White people know how to, they know how to handle an emotional rowdy black person. That's pretty pretty easy they'll tend to, to laugh and chuckle uh, about that lots when you are being calm and logical hmm what kind of what you heard from for, uh, Jane Elliott and uh, Kim Heller and Sue Africa that was who he was talking about when he was saying that cursing is kind of a rare thing uh, the black African cursing is kind of a rare thing on the platform so when it does happen it stands out who we who does not remember Sue Africa 2016 and that's so uh, right and exact timing because I had in my notes for this broadcast and like my way back notes from when I had the genesis that this should be a program I have her in my notes because not that she took issue with the term non-white. I don't remember her doing that, but she sounded exactly like Kim Heller and even Jane Elliott. Cause she later, I think like the third time or fourth time that she came on the program, she talked about uh, the late Herman King uh, and what a no count coon he is. <laughs> and how He's just made a disgrace of himself and blah, blah, blah. And this is like uh, at the time when he was running for president in 2012 cowbell so uh kim heller she talked about the house negras sue africa in 2016 she talked about barack obama uh and i think it's herman uh herman good uh who was the black mayor at the time of the move bombing and so she was blaming him much like kim heller blaming some of the black uh enforcement officers in the uh, americana mining massacre uh, always got to shift the focus away from the white people and find the house negras and the black people that are to blame and no count Obama and that's a, that is very common that's why another component of that term non-white it keeps the focus on the problem the people classified as white uh, which keeping that at the fore I think that is what the problem that those both of them Jane Elliott, Kim Heller had keeping the focus on the problem. Other folks who we've not heard from have commentary. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, good morning, Gus. Um, I uh, 
some I also found some problems with these terms African, African American, uh, black, and so on. I, I remember in college, one professor I had who was actually from the area uh, known as Nigeria, and he always advised. Uh, he advised us, in fact, not to call ourselves Africans. Um, he said, because you have so many white people in Africa who call themselves Africans. And I've had experiences like that, being among friends from Africa and having basically a drunk white man, almost like a white terrorism, where this drunk white man is coming to us and sort of challenging us by saying, I'm an African, I'm an African, and almost daring us to... Uh, to, to, to sort of respond or rebut. So, you know, just that, I mean, if someone like that were to emigrate to America, then they would, wouldn't they be an African-American as well? So that's sort of confusing. You know, I've had, and I've had a situation before where, uh, you know, another uh, non-white, a black friend of mine is bringing uh, a, a Jewish, someone who identifies as Jewish, and this person comes up to me and, and, they, and he says, I'm a Jew. I'm a, I'm a black Jew. That's the only kind of Jew. There's sort of, uh, uh, sort of, again, kind of, I feel that it's aggressive where he's trying to pull me in like I'm on. I'm one of you guys. You can't block me out. And yeah, okay, if you want to say some, from some historical perspective that you as a Jew, you, you get this blackness, that a black Jew and so on, but, but are you non-white? I think that would be a question. Are you non-white? Do you deny the, that there's whiteness in you? Identify? Are you? Do you identify as non-white? Are you identified as non-white? Do you live and move in society as non-white, as a victim of white supremacy? I think that would really uh, separate, make distinguish very clearly who is who. Uh, so I think there would be some uh, better clarity there. That's why I think non-white is really just the clearest term that I've heard so far cuts through all of that confusion. But the, today's broadcast was very helpful, although it, it left me with one or two questions. It, would it be possible to ask you a question or two and get some clarification on the terms? Let's hear it. Okay. Um, I have a question about a term that I've heard on the show used by your, uh, I believe by you, definitely by callers, uh, non-black. And I just want to know what uh, that term uh, in, in relation to nearly uh, Mr. Fuller's terms, uh, his uh, classification of white supremacist, uh, suspected white supremacist, and non-white. Now, we uh, is this a fourth category or is it sort of a subcategory? Where does non-black uh, fit into that? And, and I have another follow-up question, but please, can you address this question first? Uh, it's not a category at all, uh, non-black. And if I use uh, non-black, I'm using that as simply an adjective. It is not a category at all. I do think in the system of white supremacy, uh, you have a hierarchy. Uh, I think that might have been said in the audio segment uh, that the darker you are, individuals who are classified as black, they are treated worse. That is fact. That is evidence worldwide. As such, I do point out if we're talking about a non-white person, are we talking about someone who is classified as black or are we talking about a non-white person who is not classified as black? 
that information is important. That is just, uh, as I said, a descriptor. So I can better understand the, uh, the people that we are talking about, but that is not another category uh, of people. Incidentally, I do not agree with Mr. Fuller's three categories. Not that we're looking for unison. Just if you want to bring it up, it is white and non-white. I do not have uh, white and white supremacists. If you're classified as white, that is it. I've talked about that before. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But for me, it's just two categories white. You can put white supremacists there if you want to. What does it mean to be white and non-white? Don't have to have total agreement with everyone, but non-black. I think if you listen to the archives, when I say it almost unanimously, it's we're talking about a non-white non-black person just to give additional information for people who can't see or if we're going to talk about someone in detail, but it's I think probably rare if at ever that I would just say non-black and talking about someone like yeah that doesn't happen for other people I can't speak for them but that's just speaking for me if you have uh, evidence to the contrary or if I didn't answer that component of your question let me know if so you had another question oh no that was ex that's exactly uh, and, and I, I understand exactly that it's sort of an additional qualification right that's just how I've heard you use it um so I want to also I want to follow up with I I noticed most of these uh, the two white ladies their names uh, the two white women their names escape me at the moment but in any case they they said you repeatedly and and in fact most of them said repeatedly okay you wouldn't classify yourself as this you wouldn't classify yourself as non-female as non-gay as non-short as non-tall but I think they just they didn't ask you. And so I'm wanting to ask you, for example, let's not go, you know, everything that you're not, but for, are there appropriate contexts for non-brown or non-red or non-yellow? Are, are there any appropriate contexts that you see? Or what would those contexts be? Thank you. I'll mute my line. Uh, probably. Um, you know, I can't think of all the different scenarios that one would be in or would be uh, talking about, but I'll just say, I mean, in my view, when they were bringing it up, that's just an example of them practicing racism, white supremacy and conflation, uh, because the non-female thing, uh, we're not in a system of male supremacy. That's not the issue. Uh, and in fact, I generally identify the sex of the people that we're talking about. Uh, I'll say this was a non-white female, or this is a white male or white man, white woman. I generally, uh, attach that information anyway. So that's not even that's like practicing racism. You're bringing up non-issues to make a, a so-called point, uh, as she said, like non brown like and she was saying just total not not tall or non thin or non young now there could be a context where that might be important i have no idea what that is i don't see a, a system set up to mistreat people on the basis of height if that system exists i would like to jump on board and see if maybe that could help you know mitigate some of the effects of white supremacy racism but i don't know about that system i don't know about a system of uh thin supremacy rush limbaugh was kind of chunky and they just showed him getting a medal from president donald trump so and he was kind of chunky too so i don't know about a system of thin supremacy i know about a system of white supremacy so i use terms that make sense in that context now if you might find yourself uh you know some we had a, a caller in japan there 
the uh, the term non-Asian might make sense uh, in some settings, in some context, might make total sense just for additional information. That's not a category, a descriptor. So we understand what we're talking about, that type of thing. It might in some context, I don't know about that conversation, but non-thin might make sense. I don't know, but if I don't generally participate in those sort of conversations, certainly not on the context of white supremacy. But yeah, if you could find the correct con- context is everything, you know, uh, in terms of word choice and, and how we try to describe things. But the dominant context I have found is the system of white supremacy. So the word choice should reflect that. Did that answer the question? Certainly did. Thank you very much, Gus. For sure. Did you have any evidence uh, of Gus? I don't know if you've been listening like a day or an hour. Uh, any? Have you at any time heard Gus T uh, cursing at a white guest? <laughs> you hear me? It's laughable. It's laughable. Uh, you know, the only thing, the, the closest thing I could come up with is that you had to you. You almost against yourself had to repeat to Tim Wise. I've been listening to your Tim Wise interviews over this past week that he's the BS. You had to repeat that to him over and over again. And it, it, I felt that it kind of pained you. But I actually, you know, I, I try to model myself on your self-control. I take that as a as sort of a, 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 a goal that I'd like to, you know, no. Short answer, no. No evidence, sir. Right on. He did say pseudoscientific bullshit. That's right. <sighs> Timothy Wise, man, oh man. That's in the archives too. Uh, yeah. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, the grandsister. The grandsister certainly would be uh, no cursing, no profanity. I think she said a sterling, or I won't say sterling, but she said a just absolutely extraordinary uh, example worthy of the title grandsister not being profane and cursing be professional courteous mr fuller as well but i mean whew, dr wells and she had that grandmotherly and scholarly tone at the same time like uh, other folks uh that we uh have missed totally can i be heard retired firefighter in florida <laughs> greetings uh gus and greetings to uh everyone uh i'm trying to think of where do i begin uh uh no uh uh you haven't uh cursed anyone out white or non-white <laughs> uh i think uh my uh, earliest participation on your program uh was when you was before justice it was uh, with uh, the other non-white black male uh, that you were partnered with. Uh, and primarily uh, what uh, held my attention, uh, because, you know, just from surfing over the Internet, uh, what would hold my attention uh, at that particular point in time was someone who uh, well, you were uh, basically um, uh, uh, the, the right word. I don't know for sure if this is the correct word, but I would say it anyway. Adopted uh, Mr. Fuller's uh, 
uh, counter-racist logical codifications. Now, Mr. Fuller didn't invent logic, of course, uh, but in his way of framing logic uh, in a counter-racist point of view, I would say is was unique. And any any group or any person that is uh, doing such, then it would hold my interest. And uh, that's what brought me to the uh, program. Uh, I don't know what year that was, but it was somewhere in the first decade of this century. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say that. Uh, and uh, the whole idea with the white, non-white issue uh, primarily it's because uh, white people, especially the uh, white people who uh, tend to uh, uh, have the interest of getting the attention of non-white people, uh, they want to be also accepted as something called a quote-unquote white ally. Uh, they uh, confuse non-white people, which is practicing racism by not owning up to the global system of racism, white supremacy as a white person or white people in general. Uh, and uh, so, and they also know that uh, in our, in the damage that's been done to non-white people, especially non-white black people, is that one of the, unfortunately is one of the, greatest things that we want to achieve, we want to feel good. So the black person, the non-white person that states that you shouldn't be identifying yourself as non-white, uh, I, in my opinion, I think that's a part of the uh, effort that we have to feel good as opposed to solving the problem, solving the problem. Uh, because primarily in, in the effort of us working towards quote unquote feeling good, uh, we become either less interested into solving the problem or miss out on the uh, focus of solving a problem. And in solving a problem, there's not, it shouldn't be a, uh, a priority of feeling good in the process because understanding a global system of racist white supremacy, it doesn't promote that at all. Uh, and uh yeah uh that's basically what uh what i hear from a white person like a jane elliott uh uh we get impressed by white people who uh would sometimes be quite accurate into their in their uh dialogue on racism and white supremacy that have a tendency of impressing us and to the point to where as we get off focus into being understanding that we are the ones that are going to have to come up with a means to solve the problem. Uh, just because a white person says something that is, that is true about racism and white supremacy, that don't mean they have the interest of solving the problem. I, I haven't met a white person or heard a white person yet that was serious about such a thing, including a Jane Elliott uh, and a uh, Tim Wise. Uh, and and uh, so 
Uh, did I leave out anything? As far as what was supposed to be a part of the discussion, I, I don't think I left out anything. Did I leave out anything? Uh, I didn't get to see your list before we got started, but uh, those at least were the major points of uh, discussion so far. I don't know if you had anything else, but oh, those, yeah. those, that, those were yeah, the questions. Those, 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 those were my thoughts. And uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, just clicked on the program uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's constructive. It's constructive. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like your, your, your saying, you, you don't have to like it <laughs> and whatever, but that's, it, it, that's exactly what it's not for. You know, it's just something, if, if you can get something out of it, then you get something out of it and move on, you know, that sort of thing. You know, uh, we're not trying to raise up a personality <laughs> or anything like that, which it has been, unfortunately, some mistakes that we have made in the past and still are making them, as opposed to focusing on the problem itself. Uh, it still is a tendency for non-white people, especially non-white black people, who have been the, the most impacted upon uh, in the system of racist white supremacy. We, we primarily look for the I, the idea man of feeling good uh and uh somehow we're going to have to uh get beyond that you know get beyond the idea of just feeling good about something because what it does it it, it retards our efforts to solve the problem and the problem is white people who practice the system of racist white supremacy so if if they that, and they made up the whole they made up the whole uh process of white supremacy racism they made it all up so it i think i think it would be logical for us to to place that mirror in front of their face every time by saying white non white and that's it thank you i don't want to be going in circles much obliged retired firefighter in Florida revealing truth about racism, white supremacy, uh, racist man, racist woman, racist child. That is something they are generally opposed to system is primarily operated by deception. Uh, others that we have missed totally. Uh, if you have commentary to share, proceed. Can I be heard? Hello? Uh, let's see. We'll get, uh, Thomas in New York first, and then we'll get our other caller. Yes, sir. Um, thank you, Gus. Um, I don't remember you cursing. Um, I I heard rumors of a show where you cursed, uh, but it was um, and I also heard rumors that you had a co-host other than Justice, but I never heard those shows. Um, and I never heard that you cursed at a white person. Um, it was just general talking, I guess. Um, I don't particularly like the term non-white. However, I use it on this program mostly exclusively um, to keep with the code. I am a team player. Uh, I understand the code enough to realize it has a purpose. Um, but in general conversation, it does get confusing. Um, the only person I speak to who uses it is the firefighter. And I sometimes have to stop him and ask, are you talking about black people? You know, because um, non-white is extremely vague. Um, but in my code, um, 
the purpose and appropriate, purposeful and appropriate time to use non-white terminology. And the white, you know, non-white terminology is when you're talking directly to white people. Um, I'm not sure how that would work in the workplace setting. I've never tried that tactic there. I have a different code at work. Um, but in normal conversations with black people, because it's so vague, I don't use it. And because most non-white races, um, I have my own names for them, which isn't codified. Uh, I don't use the words people of color, women of color, colored people, black and brown together, uh, African-America, or any other term that doesn't explicitly define black Americans. Uh, my quote uh, for myself would be, and it's long, an American being classified as black by people who classify themselves as white. Uh, also, in my opinion, the definition of black has a lot of negative connotations. Um, and, um, you know, I think it automatically gets applied to those people. Um, and um, that theory is a bit subjective, but when talking about um, the same people um, and the, the technology will be making these decisions, the default um, definition will be what the technology uses. So that's how it's programmed. And all those negative connotations will be on everyone that it identifies as black. I mean, I want to think much obliged Thomas in New York. I think those connotations will be there. Even if you applied African American or person of color or woman of color or nigger, <laughs> uh, wouldn't they, wouldn't they still be there? Don't you think? Maybe he muted. I was, this is going to be a quick one. Then we can get our other uh, caller in uh, yay or nay. Do, can I'm we sorry. Do? I stepped away. I muted and stepped away. Um, I know. Yeah, sorry, the, the sorry. connotations will be there. I'm just saying um, it, it, with, with, with saying it is subjective to say these people are making these um, decisions. But with the technology, it'll be objective. You know, the, the technology automatically, you, you know, no subjectiveness to it. Got it. My bad. Sorry. You can uh, go back and put your feet up comfortable now. Thank you, sir. Uh, our caller who uh, yielded for Thomas in New York, your long title is accurate, though, labeled as or classified as black by people who classify themselves as white. That is a lot. But I mean. That is accurate. Do you say strive for accuracy? Uh, caller who yielded for Thomas in New York. Uh, proceed, sir. Hi, this is Michael calling out of the Bronx, New York. And a uh, very interesting topic that you're talking about today, um, about uh, the words non-white and, uh, and white. Uh, I wanted to know your uh, opinion about um, not particular groups of non-white people um, who are able to be promoted um, to the white classifications by the white supremacists. Now, I remember hearing a story by Neely Fuller um, on one of his uh, shows, I believe it's his regular talk show, where he's talking about uh, Japanese visitors to our uh, apartheid, apartheid era South Africa. Um, I'd argue that it's still in apartheid, but uh, back when it was classified as apartheid of South Africa, these Japanese visitors to uh, the country, who were only there temporarily, um, would be promoted during their stay to white status. Um, now, I've heard in the past that certain groups of now white people, such as the Italians um, and the Irish, um, have been 
classified as non-white in the past and has now been accepted um, long-term now to white status. Do you think that um, this causes confusion um, when using the terms white and non-white, knowing that there are certain groups of non-white people, except for black people, because I've never heard of a black person being promoted to white status um, by the white supremacists. Uh, I, I just want to get some clarity on um, these these particular circumstances when it comes to um, classifications by the white supremacists, because I believe their classifications matter um, more than a non-white person's, you know, so. Absolutely. That is true. The classifications made by the racists matter more than anything that any non-white people have to say. We are just making, you know, speculation, suggestions, guesses at best. Um, Incidentally, uh, Mr. Fuller, I've heard him speak a few times uh, about the situation in South Africa, and I believe it's uh, so-called people from Japan were classified as honorary white, not just white, but be that as it may uh, the confusion is going to be there I think I have the hashtag racial classification confusion uh, in the title for this broadcast uh, and they make an effort to cause a lot of confusion uh, both with the different terms uh, so that it's not non-white and white so that we have a clear understanding of what's happening uh, lots of confusion lots of different terms uh, but also confusion in that yes they can switch these classifications as they choose. That's how you can have a phenomenon like honorary white. Now you move to just because you move to a different part of the world. Now you are so-called honorary white. And I think even a stipulation of that was now this is not permanent. Now, if you should stay for a certain period of time longer than let's say six months or what have you, then you will not be honorary white. You will just be regular, you know, non-white person again and you'll have to go over there with the coloreds and negras and all the rest of it but be that as it may uh, white people do lots to cause confusion I think some of what I read uh, in Mr. Fuller's definition for non-white he talked about individuals who are classified as white they have to be accepted as white able to function as white now if you look at someone and you think I don't know I'm suspicious maybe you you know can be accepted as white you can just say I think this person is a suspected racist that's totally allowed by code uh, for the individuals that you're talking about. Like I said, I mentioned Noel Ignatiev, so-called Irish, uh, his book, uh, how the Irish became white, talking about different groups of people who were not classified as white. And then they became classified as white. Uh, again, that's how the system of racism works. Uh, white people can pick and choose the individuals that they are going to allow to be accepted as white I think for us victims of racism uh, I think in terms of understanding how this system works at least for me the confusion is minimized by not having 8 million different categories uh, of people to think about it keeps it very clear that there is not there's only one race that I am not a member of a race uh, that I should not be wasting time running around talking about my racial pride and all of the rest of it that there's only one purpose for belonging to a race that is practicing racism the only race in the known universe are people classified as white so that would be number one for me to minimizing confusion is this person classified as white if the person is 
I would already be suspicious if the person which you're talking about, if the person is not, or they say they're not classified as white, if I have reason to be suspicious, I just, you're suspected racist until, you know, I have reason no longer to think that, oh, maybe, you know, you're on team racist. Maybe you're not all the rest. You would just be a suspected racist. I have people like that. If I'm not sure, I think we've had guests like that where there's been some ambiguity in terms of what their classification is suspected racist and we just move forward until I have clarity for sure about what your racial classification is that way I'm not fooled and then everybody else once I'm clear that you're not classified as white not that I expect that we're teammates brothers sisters homies partners even united independent counter racist compadres none of the above but I do know you are not responsible for the problem. It doesn't mean that you're going to helpful, uh, be helpful to me. It might not even mean that, you know, you might come burn my house down, maybe. But you are not practicing racism, white supremacy. And that is the problem on the planet. Does that answer your question? Oh, yes. Very well said, Gus. And uh, I guess some uh, last words would uh, be... Uh, my opinions on the term non-white, uh, I think it's a very appropriate term to use. I feel like it um, it applies perfectly. It both negates and uh, uh, positively affirms and negates somebody's uh, status in the system of white supremacy to being that of a non-white person. And it uh, positively affirms their victimhood. And... Um, I think the only the only time I've ever and I realize not white people do not like using the term. I've never in my in my experience I've never heard a white person use the term non-white. Um, but the only but the, but I have heard them use the term non in a racial classification, and that would be non-Hispanic white. You know, which you know negates their technical white status, um, but positively affirms that they're um victims uh victims of white supremacy you know you're hispanic you're a hispanic person you know you may claim that you're white but you know are you a hispanic person you know so yeah that's just something i see on the census and i i I see that the white supremacists are taking an effort taking efforts to uh uh have proper accounting of the numbers of white people in this country and i think that'll be uh uh, a priority going into the future as Hispanics, um, their population in the United States uh, continues to rise. Much obliged, sir. Even that they have white Hispanic, non-white Hispanic, like uh, confusion, all confusion. What is, what's the difference between white Hispanic and white? I mean, confusion mass confused that white non-white cutting through the uh, confusion of things and victim of white supremacy that I think is the best Uh, in fact I could have played a different segment from Dr. Robert Jensen he admitted on the on the same program he talked about the constructive value of non-white he admitted he hated me using the term victim of white supremacy he said it bothered him and uh, he talked about it and he admitted like that is that's even more accurate that makes it clear and it's truthful uh, it's correct there's nothing inaccurate about the term he said it just bothered him as a white man me identifying accurately as I'm a victim of white supremacy at the end Dr. Robert uh, L. Williams II on that program he conceded yeah I'm a victim 
of white supremacy. You heard some of that in his uh, response, but he had said that before, like we could have fast forwarded through all that about him, not uh, preferring the term non-white and just said, you are a victim of white supremacy. Me too. Next. Let's get to some of the uh, callers. Yes. But uh, keeping in mind who the victims are is super important. Uh, Other folks who uh, we've missed totally. If you have a hand up. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Good day, Gus. Good day, callers. I just wanted to uh, state that I've been listening to the cows for maybe a year. I've listened to as many in the uh, broadcasts and archives as I can get my hands on. I haven't heard you curse once. Quite the contrary. People have come at you aggressive and and, and verbally maybe classifying as abusive, and and I've heard you maintain your composure and uh, stick to the code on almost every occasion. Oh, I say every occasion. I mean, my life. Right on. Still learning. I, I have my moments uh, where I'm, you know, not at my best, but specifically for a white person. Like, yeah, I don't. You'd have to show cause for me cursing uh, a white guest on the program. That is uh, wacky. And Gusty did. It's not a rumor. I forgot. Thomas in New York. I did. Back of the bus and Gus. We were there. It's in the archives. I think the interview that we did with Tim Wise, the interview that uh, we did the first time around. Farrell Winfrey's been on like uh, several times. But the first time that we talked to admitted white supremacist uh, Farrell Winfrey, uh, back of the bus and Gus, uh, we did... Because that's why I said it was, t- it was just 10 programs. It was, you know, what they say, a blink of an eye, October 2007. And then white people kicked us off the air uh, in 2000, uh, December. I was trying to go to uh, October, December. We, and it was the first week of December. It's not like, you know, we were on after Christmas. No, 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 no. <laughs> we had like a, a seven week run. Uh, and then we were gone and it was like a year and a half before the broadcast came back. But yes, back of the bus and Gus. And it, the only reason that those like seven, eight programs weren't preserved, we weren't talking uh, like the whole program. We had music at first. It took a while for us to get to just doing talk radio. It took some pushing. That wasn't the vision that we had when all this started. Uh, and then we did not um, did not have a value on you know what we were doing we didn't think anybody would be listening or concerned or anything of the sort and then before we knew it you know white people had ended things but yes back of the bus and Gus uh, we were there and you can go back in the archives and hear uh, some of that content uh, where things all started briefly and uh, (laughs) the beginning of racist man racist woman racist child's opposition to the cows Uh, did we miss anybody any other folks with a hand up Can I uh, be heard again? Retired firefighter in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, uh, As far as observing your dialogue with with, uh, the guests such as Tim Wise, the Jane Elliott, who get a lot of of acknowledgement from non-white people, especially non-white black people, uh, uh, when they come on this program, as Mr. Fuller says, through the process of questions and answers, they fail. They fail. Most times when they go 
in front of non-white people. We don't ask a whole lot of questions because we are so thrilled with the idea that a white person would say something that is the truth on the issue of racism, white supremacy. And it, it is so, they understand, they understand the, uh, the best word I can think of right now is the magic behind them state, stating those things. And uh, they would, uh, and from that standpoint, most, most times we would just sit and listen and be happy that a white person I've been around, I've been around for 70 years and it's the first time I've ever heard a white person talk like that, blah, 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 you know, without asking questions. Uh, last, last but not least, uh, former secretary of state, John Kerry married a white female who was born in Mozambique when the couple came back to the area on the earth that's called the United States, I believe she became a American citizen and that made her an African American. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. No one does it better with the words, white people who practice racism, white supremacy. Amazing. Uh, I did not even realize I was looking at the callers and all of that and thinking about the 12 years of folks that we have talked to Timothy Wise and uh, Timothy Wise and pseudoscientific bullshit. I hadn't thought of that one in some time. My goodness uh, that we have done our three hours, actually a couple minutes of OT. So uh, we will be here tomorrow for OJ. We even, there was an OJ reference today, like it was in the middle of the archives. Uh, we, we flew right by uh, an OJ reference, uh, but we will wrap up the trial tomorrow. Uh, whew, the Nation of Islam doing security for Johnny Cochran as things close. The closing argument. If you have not seen Johnny L. Cochran Jr.'s closing argument for the OJ Simpson trial, it is something to behold. Uh, if you are holed up uh, with the Rona and have to be inside or anything like that for an extended period of time, uh, it probably will take you like a day or so uh, to get through it. We had a listener who's been listening with the book club. He said he took like two or three days uh, on his job and just listened. He said it was so funny. He was cracking up laughing at the desk, which you will do. It is an absolute riot like uh, Johnny L. Cochran Jr., Amazing, uh, but we will wrap up the Simpson trial to if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Ah, meta talk about metaphor. Talk about metaphor. The most memorable line of the trial if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We will wrap up Jeffrey Tubin's The Run of His Life. I'm so excited. Uh, hope the program was worthy of your time and energy uh, today uh, and much obliged to all the folks who uh, chimed in. If you can locate an archive of Gusty cursing at a not or excuse me, a white guest or even a, a non-white guest, that would be something. But a white guest specifically, please share. I will post it out, tweet it the whole nine. If we can't locate such an episode, I would like that retracted. 
don't need an apology. We don't ask for those, but just a retraction. I was wrong. Don't want to contribute to maligning a black male. Already got enough of that in the system of white supremacy. With that, sobriety would be best in the system of white supremacy. We need fully functioning brain computers to process all of the really deceptive language and shenanigans of racists. Uh, in addition to being sober, uh, I'm still hunkered down uh, like it is super dangerous. Uh, you got lots of armed race soldiers. Uh, you got the Rona. You got brawls over the vaccines and what have you. If you got to go out, be very alert uh, to what's happening around you. If they're hostile individuals, get out of there. Uh, if you did not leave your residence prepared for mortal combat, do not engage uh, in hostile, combative strangers in public. Uh, with that, we are sober. We're buckled. If you're going out, driver or passenger, if you're driving, you are not on the cell phone. Uh, again, we need to be vigilant what's happening around us. And we're just trying to minimize contact as best we can with the Mark Furman's of the known universe badge or no creator. We ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person, it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. No name calling, no cursing either. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my condition. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.